Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 219 for the week of April 21st, 2012. I'm your host, Chris Ruth, here with a lively cast of RP Gamer staff members this morning. First off, we've got Michael Tidwell. Seriously, where did that cereal go? Uh, ask your daughter. She'll find it. Um, She's not here. It's your fault. Uh, let's see. Anna Marie Newfeld. I don't have cereal in my pants. That's good. That's good. Uh, <laughs> I have shorts. Emmanuel Marino. Right. I found it. Manny's got cereal in his mouth, apparently. And John Yearworth. I, in fact, do have cereal in my pants. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm the only one here without food. That's why you suck. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Thank you, Darth That's Vader, for having That's disgusting. Milk. I don't know what that was. That was someone drinking. Oh. 420 plus one, am I right? I can't deal with this. Let's Does that start... mean we get beer? No. Why? We can move up the chain of things that mess you up. Mm. Or down. I don't mm. even know which way. Whoop. Can we just have some beer? You just want beer. <laughs> I just want beer. <laughs> I'm see, going is that. tweet beer still in existence? Can I, I still don't know. tweet you, you beer? They made enough money that they could keep going. I don't know. Hmm. Tweet beep. No, I want tweet beer. Tweet beer. Uh, tweet a beer. Oh, it's tweet a beer. Yes, and tweet a beer. It is still going. Good. I mean, they make 10 cents off each one. They better. <laughs> That's a good point. Oh, Gaijinman Nagatadar. Oh, I can't pronounce this. <laughs> Our Japanese games guy wrote in and says, I might have just Huh? Foreign story. Foreign story. Foreigner story. Foreigner story. Uh, he wrote in and said, I might as well comment on the Nino Kuni situation. The main body of the DS storyline is incorporated into the PS3 game. Up until maybe a third of the way through, it's 90% identical. It starts to diverge once the map opens up some. So all the bits that Sabin remembers from the DS preview copy are in the PS3 game practically screen for screen, with only minor variations and even prettier graphics. The battle system, on the other hand, is completely different, as is the way that the game handles the monsters dudes the book is included digitally with the ps3 game which isn't the same i got a second physical copy as a pre-order bonus though so that answers some of our differences about the ds and ps3 nino kuni games the problem is well what does that mean for the other two-thirds of the ds game no (laughs) i thought they meant after a third through the ps3 game then you're just playing your own game uh, I thought it said up until a third of the way through the DS game, it's 90% identical. Mm. Or is it a third oh. of the way through the D- PS3 game, it's identical, and then... I mean, That's what I was hearing. The, the, sound, either way, there's a chunk of the DS game and the PS3 game that are different from each other, and I want to know more about that. Do they contradict each other? Are they all side story content? Is the main plot line going a completely different direction? Uh, different resolutions? Same resolutions? Just slightly different way of doing it? They all die. Yeah, they all die. All right. The end. The end. Done. <sighs> Next story. <laughs> all right. Fine. I, I mean, you're not going to find out on this podcast. Well, we concluded so quickly well. that, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Joe. Oh, wait, week. this isn't Joe. Who is this? Yeah, this is Joe. Joe writes okay. in and says, hey, guys, just noticed that the Persona 3 FES was released on the North American PSN recently. I was pumped. I've recently been picking up some old PS2 titles on the cheap, but was pleased to find Persona 3, which is on my list of games to pick up, for only $10, and as a PSN download, which I prefer. In any case, any news of other good PS2 cycle RPGs that are coming to the PSN? Love the podcast. 
Um, they kind of just show up. Yeah, they that was that's us... why I put this in there because they don't tell us. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they're just like, hey, we're gonna release this. Okay, how's tomorrow? Sounds good. Okay, it comes out. There's a press release. Done. <laughs> so like, we don't know what's coming. It, I. It sounds like one of those things where there's like no PR associated with it for some reason or another. Maybe because Sony doesn't give them a schedule um, or. <clears throat> One, you frequently don't find out your game's going to be on until that day. Yes. Sweet. So, <laughs> so, therefore, you, you can't like do PR. Or something? Do you like, I want to put my game on PSN, and this one says, okay, we'll get back okay. to you. Okay, we'll like get back to you. Well, no, they'll tell you it's approved, but I mean, a lot of times they won't give you a day. They'll give you a window. It'll be one of these three Tuesdays. You think you would still kind of let some people know that was happening? Um, yeah, but there's no good way to do it because, again, like we saw with, um, what was that Final Fantasy game, or was it, there was some Square Enix game, it was Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger, they were like, it's coming out, uh, n- no way, it's not actually coming out, oh, oh, this week it's coming out, oh, no, it's actually not coming out this week, <laughs> sorry guys, and that happened a couple times before it actually, like, came out, came out. Where it was actually on, like, the official PlayStation blog as, this is coming out on Tuesday. And then on Tuesday, they were like, uh, yeah, guys, it's not actually out today, sorry. Yeah, that's Sony just doing it to themselves. Right, right. But, I mean, if even Sony can't internally get their crap together, what the heck makes people think that they're going to be able to get their crap together for the companies, you know? That's the defining characteristic of Sony, not being able to get its internal crap crap together. together. Yeah. That's how we know they're not Microsoft or Nintendo. Be so weird if they changed. All right. That'd be so weird if you thought Nintendo was good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is weird. I have another letter from the same email address, but this time it's from Maxwell. So I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe twin brothers sharing an email or something. Just one quick question. Oh, first off, he said, hey, RP Gamers. Just one quick question. I am currently playing Xenoblade for the Wii, as it has just recently been released in the North Americas. I'm rolling through it at a decent pace, and I'm enjoying the story, the music, the battles, etc. But I have to say, I am not sure Xeno is living up to the hype. This game has been hailed by many sources as the savior of the JRPG, and in my opinion, while it's a good game, I'm just not sure that it deserves the handle. When I think of really great RPGs, I think of games that we will still be talking about in 5 years, 10 years, 15 years. So my question to you guys is, do you think Xeno deserves to hold the title of JRPG Savior? And also, do you think this is a game that will still be talked about in the years to come? Well, I guess that's technically two questions. But, well, I think you get my point. Keep rocking the podcast. Okay, one, I hate the JRPG Savior thing because it's not like they haven't been selling. No, no, no. JRPGs are a dead genre, and nobody buys them anymore, and it's just shrinking. You were telling me that the other day. What are you talking about? I said the number of of RPGs are shrinking, uh, but what's coming out is still good and still selling. Okay. You just have a lot of less fluff around the genre right now. Uh, all right. Which I would think is good for us, isn't it? I would I, think it's good. I think all we the fluff just transitioned on... to RPG makers games that come out on Steam. Oh, I don't know. No. I, I hear two conflicting things. I was just going to say, because I get the feeling like from, from you, Chris, personally, you always talk about how you want these big budget I Japanese do. RPG titles. I do, but I don't need You want to see the commercials them. on TV. You want to yeah. hear people like me talking about it who, mm-hmm. who normally talk about the next Halo or something. Yeah. I didn't hear, I didn't see any TV ads for Xenoblade. Nope. No, there but, no but you still want Xenoblade. that like big savior title, don't you, right? I mean, 
in a sense. Uh, well, we have I, it with. I mean, Final Fantasy that's still what does 13 all that. Was supposed but, to be. Yeah, I don't know. It's not a traditional JRPG. Maybe people are upset about that. What we need to wait for Dragon Quest Ten? Well, because that's a traditional yeah, that's, JRPG, that's right? Less of a traditional JRPG. What are you talking about? Except for the online part, it is the traditional RPG. No, it's not. No, it's, no, it's no, an I'm, MMO I'm just style. being unfair. I'm being deliberately it's unfair. It's a traditional Dragon Comedy. Quest game. It, no, it isn't. I don't think it is. I think it has yes, a different it battle is. system and everything. Yeah, no, it's they. It's it's a Dragon Quest game that just right. happens to have small online stuff. Their I mean, marketing yeah. is confused. That, that was point the impression that I have always gotten from it. Yeah. Well, I think after they learn from nine that they can't change the battle system, that they're not really going to change the battle system. I was expecting to be more like something crazy in Monster Hunter. No. Okay. If you want Monster Hunter, go play Monster Hunter. I do want to play Monster Hunter, but no one will play then with go me. Go play it. Oh. Well, then go find some friends who do. I see. Did. There's this thing like there was when you, you go online, and we have yeah, the I game. Yeah, I got bored with it. Yeah, but you didn't play it much. I got to Hunter level like fourteen or something. Oh. All right, I guess you played it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I have to kill the same monster 14 times and hope it drops the thing that I want so I can get something better so I can finally get out of this stupid hey, rank. it's still faster progression than Final Fantasy XI. Not anymore. Not anymore. You're right. <laughs> you know, the I'm sorry, there will be 90? Okay, I'm done in a week. <laughs> no, I meant as far as your equipment progression. No, not the way I can farm seals. No uh, way. All right. What do you say, Manny? I was thinking. I mean, it's perfectly fine if this person like doesn't like Xenoblade. I mean, there's yeah. always well, no, no, well no, no, he no, likes no. it too. Don't, he just don't doesn't it think away. it's a savior. Yeah, and I, oh, I'm curious. I was just like, saying, if you don't think it's the best, that's okay too. I mean, I mean there's so many people. I mean, gaming is so broad now that not every game needs to hit you the way that the media or reviewers or just other fans are telling you it needs to hit you or it has this much of an impact on you it, as it does on everyone else. It sure doesn't seem you like it's what? changed the genre at all. So, I think that Manny gets like a new title. What's that? The official RPG cast apologist. Mm. Apologist? It's <laughs> more like understanding. What is he Hugs. apologizing for? Because <clears throat> he's like, it's okay, guys. Everybody can have their own opinion. No, that's that's not apologist. That's a peacemaker. Oh, sorry. That's NPR. Oh. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Michael, I, I, I'd like to uh, respectfully disagree with you on that point there. I... Oh! <laughs> nice. No, I'm just saying, I just think gaming is so broad now that, it, I mean, if Xeno, I mean, there are people who think like the Fez, you know, they love Fez, and other people are like, you know what? Eh, I don't care. Well, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to analyze this. Is this a game we're going to talk about five years, 10 years, 15? And the problem is. The problem is, is you may talk about it five years from now for absolutely no reason have to do with the game itself and having to do with Nintendo of America. No, and I don't no, know no, 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 no. Um, I mean, I think we're going to talk about it, but I think I, we're going to talk about it in the context of, wow, there weren't that many RPGs for the Wii. Well, I think anybody on the podcast <laughs> needs to play it first before we can I really answer this question. Why It doesn't have that wide enough distribution. I think people I, aren't even... I think it's I among a certain cult hit people. Following. You know, I was at GameStop yesterday and I asked them, how's Xenoblade doing? They're like, it's doing pretty well. We're down to about uh, just a few copies left out of our shipment. And we haven't gotten a new shipment yet. How big was their initial shipment? Yeah, he didn't say. Did you ask? No, I forgot to ask. Okay. But I, I, When he said it's doing well, that's all I cared about. So, and then I bought my Skylander and left. <laughs> hey, Dino Ring! You know, I think this is going to be a big cult hit. I mean, among a certain group of people who who, who are in the know. 
if you were in the know, you were happy, you were there at the right time, and you you were part of Project. Uh, what was it called again? Uh, Rainfall. Rainfall. Well, the question is: Is this going to be like Suikoden in two in ten years, where everybody's going to be trying to buy it or something? You know, maybe among a certain crowd is like, did you, you didn't play that? Oh, it was like the best RPG on the Wii. What was wrong with you? You didn't get it on yeah, that? I, I kind of feel like it's going to turn into Skies of Arcadia for the GameCube. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. the game that everyone wanted to play, but no one did. Yeah. Yeah. I totally... Or even hell, uh, Skies of Arcadia um, for the Dreamcast. Area Chronicles? People jump on that one. Uh, yeah. And in that case, I mean, I mean, you're comparing it to Skies, and that's considered to be a really great RPG, so... Well, I mean, it's got a 92 on Metacritic. It doesn't get that on accident. Yeah, so I think that's going to slot in. Guys, okay, yours, you know, awesome. Just thought I'd chip that it in is. there. <laughs> I, like, I really I need to play like Xenoblade. Jeez. So when I, like, when I say win, you know, the secret Skies of Arcadia handshake is like, yeah, okay, we're in the club. Me and him are in the club. But most other people are like, oh, yeah, I heard of it. Oh, yeah, I saw it on the shelves. Oh, no, I didn't play it. I was going to get the GameCube one, but I didn't. <laughs> you know, Michael's totally right. Yeah, Skies of Arcadia. Hmm. Michael, I'd like to respectfully agree with you on that point. Uh, okay, I'm respectfully glad. agree. Respectfully <laughs> agree. <laughs> All right, from Francesco, who's upset because last time I said his name wrong, and he's a boy and not a girl, and I said it was a girl last time. So Francesco, apparently Francesca is a girl and Francesco is a boy. Is that how it works? Yeah, Francesco's like an Italian name. Ah, Wait, you're right. Italian. How did you get that wrong? Oh, I'm Italian by heritage only. I've got like none of the culture left. So, Wow. It's just Way genetics. to stand up for your Hey, heritage. hey, hey. Hey, your ancestors 300 years ago were from Italy, Chris. How come Great. you don't have to pronounce this guy's name right? <laughs> I know, right? It's Francesco. Oh, all right. Hey there, RPG Cast. I have a question for I have a question for all of you. What is your favorite RPG story concept and why? I mean, should I make him sound like Mario? I don't Does know, that help? Ezio. Why, Ezio? <laughs> Does that help or worse? All right. I thought that was fine. Uh, I a game that has that my Italian accent is horrible, by the way. I a game that uh, that deviated from the overly done to save the Princess World format. My favorite was a dot hack because the dialogue and story progression really made it feel like I was in an MMO. Yahoo! So, Which is what you were supposed to do. I, so. yeah. What was this question? Which dot hack I was too the... focused on the accent. I don't know what the freaking... What is your favorite RPG story concept and why? Someone says I should reread it as Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think. Um, no. Okay. No. No one said that. <laughs> what is your RPG? Okay. Favorite RPG story concept. Hmm. Well, it had to be Final Fantasy XII for me. Kingdom Hearts. It... Wait, twelve. Yeah. It's just political intrigue. How is that an interesting no, it, story concept? Well, Company ah, took over other country. Took over other country. Princess needs to escape and win her country back. Well, that's unique. Hey, it that's Anchor Union. For a Final <laughs> Fantasy, where it wasn't tr- well after you got past the Von Pinello garbage that didn't focus on the characters. It focused on the world. I. I don't know that I can agree with you on that. It was, all about, it was all about her internal struggle and stuff. And it wasn't about it was all her. About... It was about uh, it was about Ash. It was about Bosch. It was about everyone in there. It was about yeah, uh, it, was, it was about the characters. It, but it wasn't. Yeah. I don't agree that it was it really about the about, world. That was just a backdrop. A, no, it wasn't about the characters as far as like their lives. It was what they were going to do in this ever changing world. Wait, it wasn't about their lives, but what about they were going to do? I don't understand that distinction. It wasn't about their past. It's always about, well, I'm trying to get over some personal anguish, blah, blah, conflict, well, clouds. She was. Me. 
Who? No, Ash? Ash? No, yeah. it was not. Yeah, she was trying to... She was de- trying to get her country back. Okay. It's about the present instead of always the past and what happened in the past. Every Final Fantasy before that was more like, well, what happened in the past tries to overcome this this mental challenge I have and then become like a normal person. It's like, you know... Self-actualization. What? Yeah, cool. I'm glad there's a word for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was like, this one's like, no, let's just actually live in the present, fight in the present, do something, change something. It was rather unique, for I thought, Excuse for Final me. Fantasy, at least. Yeah, I guess. Um, I don't consider it to be that unique because that's a, a big story format in a lot of other genres. Um, well, yeah, that's the thing. It wasn't in an RPG but the, genre. Here's the thing. Now, now I've got oh, well, to come up with something. Well, I would say it is because Front Mission is all about that. It's all about dealing with this ever-changing or like these big political threats or political... Oh, Front Mission 3 story? Oh, my God. Talk about there awesome. Were, there were two stories in that. That's what I loved about it. Those two games in one, man. Yeah, but it wasn't bad like four where you kept swapping back and forth. There were just two stories intertwining and coming apart and coming back. And the best part is, I, I felt like it was, it was like such a fine point. Like one sort, like tiny little decision that you made: do you deliver this package or do you choose not to deliver this package? And that one, mm-hmm. you know, just do you go out into the world or do you stay home today? And that one little decision just completely changes the course of the world. I know it's crazy. I'm gonna go with Sakura Tyson. Steampunk uh, mechs? Guy shipped off to take care of a school full of girls. Oh, you're talking about the one they released here? <laughs> no, I'm talking about the one in... I'm thinking of Sakura Tyson 1. Guy shows up oh. to do military work and like, oh, your company's a bunch of <laughs> troubadours. And, oh, wait, they're not... Yeah, anyway, it's, how do I... Explain? Wait, which part? Is it the, the, the steampunk uh, mechs or no. the or the, the dating no, no. sim? It's the dating he, sim. He, he, <laughs> that's not that <laughs> He wants an H game. I know, it's not unique. It's just But it's your favorite. (laughs) I'm just coming up with something I like. Um, Wow. No, it's like the guy filled it put it in an awkward situation that he doesn't want to be in. I can give you plenty of games like that. That leaves you lots of anime stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but ninety nine percent of them are adult rated. What do you mean ninety nine percent? What are you talking about? (laughs) More like a hundred percent. They aren't all like that. Well, all the ones I can find are. Cavalier in the in the chat room says emo teen saves the world. Um, well, that's every square game. I know. That. No, I would say my favorite concept. <laughs> this sort of high concept. Uh, I have like actually, it's technically it's three games. It's a uh, nocturne for just destroying the world within like the first twenty minutes the game starting, and then you dealing with this shattered world and having to rebuild it in the image of the philosophy that you choose. That's just pure concept right there. Pure high concept. Uh, and the second one is Digital Double Saga 1 and 2, which starts in an interesting place with 1 and then goes bat, uh, just insane, crazy into the second one. Like, it was crazy to begin with, and it just takes it to like, a whole new level in the second one. So I have a question for you, Chris. What? If that's your it's not. type of story you like, <laughs> then why don't you just go with you know Persona? Um, yeah, it's true. It's dating sim with, with, with better combat, right? But or I don't know. Yeah, but it has too much dungeon delving, and no, I want more comedy. No, it's story concept only. Yeah, but We're I just talking story and concept. the one I come up with has more opportunity for comedy than the than the Persona story concept, which is more serious. Yeah, but yeah, oh, but you don't have okay. Japanese hip hop in that one. I want. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now you make a now you make a good argument. I I don't think the story uh, the story concept defines the music, but all right. I will say the last thing on Digital Devil Saga 2 is um, 
what I loved about like until I think maybe Ashra's Wrath that was like maybe but even but even no I guess until Ashra's Wrath there was no other game out there that was really exploring sort of these 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 sort of like really Eastern ideas and philosophies like Hinduism Buddhism Confucianism uh, just all of these. These, these say, ideas that are so foreign to, yeah. to Westerners and just sort of embracing it and, and sort of creating it in a 3D space and letting you interact and play with these ideas. Oscar's Wrath doesn't really explore the ideas either. I, I think it's just – you're right. It's more of a backdrop. Yeah. But, but, but digital devil's so that he can scream at stuff. Yes. Yeah. OK, fine. Fair enough. But at least – but to be fair, I mean that's how little it's shown that those are the only two games I could even think they'd even touch on it really. Hmm. Um. I have to. All right, go for it. Well, I, Floating Islands are generally a, a plot device that I sort of enjoy almost everywhere they come up, which is one of the reasons why I like Skies of Arcadia so much. Um, but also, um, I'm going to bring up Super Robot Wars like I always do, but there is a spe- <laughs> there's a specific there's a, uh, there's a specific something I wanted to focus on. Um, which was in much of the um, in m- many of the older games in the like the, the ones that they made before, say two thousand and eight, um, the 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 the, the storylines and the universe built by the writers were generally s- constructed so that they throw all these anime series in. But as far as the like story as a construct go, you basically have all of these different characters and. Uh, sort of their mecha with them. But they all sort of coincidentally just happen to have all been developed or researched or whatever in the same on the same version of planet Earth or whatever. So Whereas Final Fantasy the... VIII? <laughs> or are you just all suddenly you're like, oh, it turns out we all grew up together. What fun that well, no, was. Well, it's not just that. It's just the fact that it just that all of these, all because the, the stories always try and incorporate events from the anime series that they include. They just all, mm-hmm. but everyone all just coincidentally happened to be on the same planet Earth, and they all developed in these different ways. All this ways. happened That's simultaneously the, in all these contradicting sort of ways. Whereas <laughs> the more recent, the, the, the series starting with Super Robot War Z on the PS2 and continuing on to the PSP, um... A storyline event in one universe causes all of the other universes to mush together, and the storyline spends a lot of time, like, having the characters from various different versions of planet Earth try and painfully interact with each other. Ooh, who's and the anime broke everything? It, uh, Dimensional Century Augus. I don't which even is, know that one. Oh my god! Uh, it's made by the same guy who made Macross, but is less well known, ah. I believe. Oh, um, see. It, Hence, it's not a super-dimensional fortress. It's just a regular-dimensional fortress. <laughs> well, no, they de- they detonate called something called oh god, what was it? The space-time oscillation bomb, and that oh, just you really screws blow that up. That just really screws things over. Wow. And uh, there comes a stage in during the first um, Z game where your um, your forces have split into two e- sort of equally sized force and then manipulated into fighting each other. Over their ideological differences, mm-hmm. so you 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 end up on one side, one or the other side of this conflict, and forced to basically sort of force the other side to see your way before someone shows up to realize that you've been duped by the actual villains, oh. and then anyone just sort of generally starts getting a little bit more friendly with each other. Oh. It just it anyway. just just a different uh, it's just a different approach, and I kind of like that different approach. You love your yeah. melodramatic space operas. I guess mech operas. 
Yeah, although I actually I have a fondness for space opera anyway. It's one of the reasons why, despite not liking WRPGs, I liked the Mass Effect series. Hmm. I guess you must have loved. What was the one uh, on DS where you had your ship and you were stuck um, on a planet, and then you finally got a ship and you went off into the stars? It was like really complicated. Oh mm-hmm. god, that game! What was it called? Yeah. Star Control. I don't know. No, not Star Control. I don't know. We all know the game, but we still remember. <clears throat> Wait, which? What is this? A strategy game? It's on DS. It was like a big space opera. Oh, uh, ship. In, yeah, Infinite Space. There Infinite you go. Space, yeah, oh, I have crap. that. Game. Yeah, I know. I know about that one, but I never. I was never that able to find boring. it. It gets very boring. I don't I know. Finish Based it. On what I like the said, story, but I can't finish it. Oh, Based on ahead. what Quinn said, it sounds like it's perfect for him, though. Uh, but the problem is the combat system's terrible. It's just this rock, paper, scissors combat, and it's just not fun. And you have but to do a lot of But isn't all the it. strategy before the battle when you're no. building out your ship? And- uh, you're putting tet- Tetris blocks in your ship to figure out your powers and, and, and ship characteristics and what you're boosting. And then um, in combat, it's... It's it's basically rock paper scissors stuff and and how far away am I and which which uh, which weapon am I using? It's just it's very boring. Hey, that comeback worked for Skies of Arcadia. Oh, uh, it, oh, there you go, Chris. If you want ship battles, go play Skies of Arcadia. Is that is that the same yeah, combat in Skies, Skies of Arcadia? Is like that? Mm. I just need. More no, actually, it's pretty ships. good though. It's actually pretty okay. enjoyable. The ship battles in there were a lot of fun. Yeah, but yeah, and they're... Skies of Arcadia has breaks it up right. Whereas here, that's all yeah. you do. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, because Guys of Arcadia breaks the ship battles up with a an RP, a, you know, a JRPG. A JRPG, yes. <laughs> Crazy thought that was. I know, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Moonstone cannon, fire. <laughs> that's it. All right. Let's see. What is our next? All right, dear humble hosts of humbleness. This is a. Uh, the other this is starting off well. Rejoice. The Humble Botanicula Bundle is here. Link generously provided. www.humblebundle.com Man, I sound like a marketing commercial, but I really am that excited. So many awesome games. So many little cash. What could be better? And I actually have an answer for this. Um, so, you know, I looked at this new Humble Bundle. I don't know if you did as well, John. Uh, did you? I looked at uh, it. No, I haven't had a look at it yet. So I did get the email. So they're doing Botanicula... Machinarium, Samaros 2, Kuki, and Windowsill. Those are the five games. And All PC, right? Yeah. It's the yeah, bundle. This, for... Yeah, it's, this one is not an Android bundle. This is a Mac Windows Linux bundle. Oh, um, so it is a... So you can't get it at Windows Mac then? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they always do that on the Humble bundles. Um, yeah. Games work great on Mac, Windows, and Linux. So Cool, because I saw but, uh, Botanicula on the Mac App Store. I wasn't sure if this deal was... Yeah, yeah, you'll get a. Uh, I don't think you get a Mac App Store code, but you'll be able to get the Mac version. Um, cool. Ooh, wow, it's gone up from the first day. It's now eight seventy nine to get all the games. Wow. Um, so. Wow, when I looked, it was like four twenty. Exactly, and I'm not four twenty. In- was that because it was four twenty yesterday? Yeah. No, I didn't even think about that. Was it four twenty yesterday? Yeah. Oh no wonder yes. everybody was off work early. Yeah, I hope you're kidding. Uh, no, Ian was off work early. Oh, I didn't know Ian considered everyone. Yeah, so we're several other <clears throat> of my friends. I'm going to say be- I don't like yeah. this bundle, um, and I'm not saying it's a bad bundle. 
Um, I think we've learned to respect the opinions of other people and what they like. But uh, <laughs> Not really. uh, I don't. We per- that? I don't particularly care for the games in this bundle. I've looked at them all, and they're all like. Um, oh, you the, never played the Machinarium? Only one that makes a couple me of them are like yeah. Machinarium, but I own it already. You, Samaros Two is another point and click. You might like that, Anna. Really? Yeah. Okay. But the the rest are like really weird. And Botanicula is, um, that's the one we saw at the GOG event, is yet another um, indie platformer with a unique art style, which we kind of have enough of, in my opinion. Um, Well, I certainly have enough of. So uh, I'm more excited about another bundle that just started up called IndieRoyale.com. I-N-D-I-E-R-O-Y-A-L-E. Sorry. Or what does the Indie Royale have this time? Indie Royale, well... I'm wondering if we should circle back on Botanicula first. Is it not oh, a but platformer? It's, it's, it's a story. No, it's a it's a storybook point and click adventure game. St- oh, wow! It's a point and click adventure game with like a story sort of uh, storybook kind of feel. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, all right. So I don't this know is, if you have too many. Point so and that's click adventure what. The, games. So this humble Botanicula bundle is all adventure for the most part. Adventure and story. So yep, all point-and-click adventure games. That's why Tim of Legend tweeted about how excited he was for it. Oh, and Humble Brony is, of course, the top contributor yet again to the Humble Bundle. That's so funny. Um, let's see. So Indie Royale is more up my alley because it has a bunch of twin-stick shooters in it and stuff. <laughs> so I'm excited for it. So it has Unstoppable Gore. Oh, is this the one with the twin-stick RPG you Yeah, twin-stick shooter RPG. So I picked up the Indie Royale Bundle. Uh, it's got Unstoppable Gorg, Depths of Peril, Toby's Vertical Adventure, Infernal Plus, Sildris, and Ballistic. Um, I only know what a couple of those are. I've been looking through them. and I, I, I don't know. Personally, I'm more excited about that bundle. So I picked it up, and it's only four seventy six to get everything. So yeah. 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 Whatever. Two bundles for you. Go get them all um, if you want cheap games that apparently people are excited for. I want to say that apparently they're good, but I don't know if any of them are good. I can presume. But you paid four bucks. You don't really worry. Yeah, I guess you don't. Well, eight seventy nine for the humble <coughs> Indian bundle. Not ten dollars. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should buy it just to have them. But I already have Machinarium. I don't know. I'll beat my head in the wall now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I care about these. Okay. Maybe if they're short. <clears throat> See, that's oh I need time to complete. Stop trying to convince yourself that you need to buy something just to buy it. Okay. Fine, but you get soundtracks with three of the games. I'm going to go beat my head in the wall now. <laughs> All right. Ocelot continues and says, So many awesome games, so little cash. What could be better? Well, maybe these questions. Number one, Bioshock Infinite. Are you infinitely excited for it? Or perhaps the new Dishonored game trailer seems way more interesting. Which of these titles wins your best emo steampunk dystopian future game award? Yawn. I, what the heck's Dishonored? I don't know. It's the new Bethesda game. Oh. Is it? Look good? Yeah. It's a first-person stealth action game set in a Dickensian steampunk England. Are they just publishing it, or are they developing it? Publishing, I think. But I think they own the studio. Yeah, the developer is something else. Hang on. There it is. Dishonored. Quick, to the wiki. First-person stealth action game set in a Dickensian steampunk London. Dickensian steampunk London. Um, I don't know what it is. Developed by, I think it was developed by the guys who made Dark oh. Messiah. Here we go. 
You are the once-trusted bodyguard of the beloved Empress. Framed for her murder, you become an infamous assassin known only by the disturbing mask that has become your calling card. In In a time of uncertainty, when the city is being besieged by plague and ruled by an oppressive government armed with neo-industrial technologies, dark forces conspire to bestow upon you abilities beyond those of any common man. I think they have a bad comma there. Anyway, but at what cost? The truth behind your betrayal is as murky as the waters surrounding the city, and the life you once had is gone forever. Okay, whatever. So, I would hardly call Bioshock Infinite emo. <laughs> whatever. Daddy! Who said emo? Oh, emo steampunk. Okay, whatever. But that stuff Unpo- isn't in this game, in Bioshock Infinite, Nana. No, Bioshock Infinite's not I even know about... that's what Bioshock, other than there are little girls that Mechan- call it like, robot, not at all, not robot George Washington monsters. That's what Bioshock Yeah, it's more Infinite about has. American exceptionalism in that period of the 1920s where uh, sort of the great American race and how superior, you know, isolationist and superior. And it's more about that than it is about steampunk or. Or dystopian futures. Well, I can say looking at the screenshots for Dishonored, I get a a somewhat similar art vibe from both as far as kind of stroking the same parts of the brain. But okay, now here's the important That's about all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Very important question. It's said in England, is Dishonored spelled correctly? Uh, there is no U in Dishonored. <sighs> Fail. 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 Uh, yeah, uh, 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 it's, it's Dickensian. There's no U's in Dickens. <laughs> Owned. Really? That's <laughs> that's that's a lame excuse. Does no, uh, no, I call that owned right there. That's what I call that. So Dickens doesn't use the extra use, or has that just been localized for us? I don't know. I'm gonna I don't know. Oh d- you know what Dishonored is? It's a games for Windows game. Everybody's favorite. Oh Alright, so I'm going with Bioshock Infinite just for that. Sorry. <laughs> you still do games for Windows? Yeah, and not only... Dark Souls, the new Dark Souls PC version we talked about last week, that's also currently announced to be a games for Windows oh, game. Yeah, one, uh, Dark Souls is game for Windows Live, and two, it is going to be a straight port. There's going to be yeah, no... Yeah, we got a story gra- on that, yeah. No graphical touch-ups. Nope. So it's going to basically play at 30 frames a second at a crap resolution. Well, So they're not yep. going to fix the localization either? Uh, no, not. it doesn't sound like it. It's just going to be straight port. Um, just wow, that sounds great. They'll so it's up-res it, but they're not going to upscale the assets at all. You no, know, yeah, they, they may up-res, but uh, yeah. It'll just, like, as yeah. It, it'll just scale to whatever your native resolution is, but uh, they the same art. Like, they're not, not going to get Japanese studio back in. It's going to look what? like crap. Yeah, it's going to look like crap. Yeah, what? Yeah, they're not going to up. They're not going to go back to Japanese. Wait a so second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait, wait, wait. It's what? an HD game, so it shouldn't look like that much crap. Upscaled to twelve eighty by ten twenty four or whatever you got. So well, know. if you have ten twenty, if you have ten eighty height, you're ten eighty p anyway, so you shouldn't be a problem. I guess it depends. Was Dark Souls <coughs> a seven twenty p game or a ten eighty p? Yeah, was seven twenty apparently. Ooh. Well, it'll look really good on a laptop. <laughs> Why? Yeah, my laptop's ten eighty p. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. there's a lot of twelve eighty by seven twenty laptops, so it looked no, good on I've those. Got a... I've got the 19 by 1280. Well, but since everything's smaller, it might still look okay. No, right. because you sit closer. Yeah. It'll you, have, you have your optimum blah, viewing blah, blah. It'll scale up and look okay to a certain degree. Yeah, it'd probably degree. scale up when I played it on my machine anyway because I run them at 1080p. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's not. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure if I my PS3 is set for 1080p, it's going to upscale 720 oh, like to 1080p. like you played Dark Souls. 
I play games on my PS3. You Let didn't me play Dark Souls, though. <laughs> no, I was bored with the first one. I didn't want the second one. Anyway, it was too easy. Anyway, man, are you excited for Bioshock Infinite? I'm, I'm cautiously excited. Um, obviously, everything I've heard it seems really good and different from like the first Bioshock, so I'm expecting something unique, but... You know, oh, I remember last year at E3, what we would hear on the show floor is like the whispers of the people who saw Bioshock Infinite. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Like, ever... Bioshock Infinite. Oh, it was so good. Well, they were showing off the cable riding, which is really impressive, right? Yeah. But I mean, that it, doesn't it, mean it actually, the game is good. My interest in Bioshock Infinite, it's kind of, it's a floating city. It's a step up from floating yeah. islands. I should mm-hmm. automatically like this. Ah, there we go. So Bioshock hey, Infinite, on. RPG cast stamp of approval. For floating cities. Well, let me put it this way: when, you, when your last game was Bioshock, you have yeah. the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> That's true. Well, so, yeah, I kind of like the art style in the original Bioshock, so they also get a pass on so, that one. So nobody's nobody's transfixed by the steampunk art nature of Dishonored. Uh, I think uh, it looks cool, cool enough. Who? What did that other develop? Uh, the, <clears throat> the developer, right, John? What else have they done for Dishonored? Uh, I, apparently, and I, mean, I could be completely wrong here. They were the people responsible for Dark Messiah. If everyone, everyone ever uh, actually, Magic did. Dark Messiah. Some people like that. that. So I don't know. You know, it's funny. I was just listening to the old GFWs from like uh, from 2006. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't even play it. It was so broken. Mm. Uh, well, let's move on. Does the price point of a game matter when it comes to owning a physical copy? For example, a 99-cent game on your phone can be purely digital, but a $60 title really needs to come in a box? Is there a certain price point after which you say I've paid enough money that I demand a physical copy of the game? No. No. I mean, this is something that we've sort of been discussing on the RP Gamer forums and the Runic Game forums and the Sprites forums all at the same time, that some of us are getting to the point where we feel like we have so much shtick in our houses already that I'm okay just having a digital copy and not having to screw with yet another box with yet another manual that's, you know, eight pages in black and white. The only reason, the only thing I have to say is I get more excited for cheap games digitally because that's like the big thing of digital games, right? Is these big sales on Steam and stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of into the, the 40 game, 20 game Twenty but forty dollar twenty dollar game culture, but that doesn't stop me from buying Mass Effect. Well, no wait, I bought that physical. Um, I bought Skyrim I have, physical. I have Emilor digital. Um, I have. Um, I can't think of any new releases that I've been buying. I have digitally. Skyrim. I have Skyrim digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of one. Saints Row Three. No, you that should was really a gift. play that. That was a gift. I didn't buy that. Thank God. See, um, the the thing for me uh, is. What do I get the most for my money? If the digital copy and physical copy are the same, I'll go digital. But if I'm getting bonuses by going with the physical copy or pre-ordering from GameStop or something, that's when I'll go physical. I just, I don't know. I mean, especially after, like, the last thing I bought was the Skyrim thing. And, you know, not really that impressed with it. No. And, uh, you know, Nisa does their uh, collector's things. Um those are nice, but if they offered it, you know, purely digital, I'd probably just go that way anyway. You know what game I wish I bought physical? Much. Bioshock 2. That collector's what? edition has been kicking around for like 20 bucks at places and it has like vinyl records and crap in it. Oh my gosh. You know, what would you I'd do like with the vinyl records? For the longest time I wanted that collector's edition until I actually played through the entire game. <laughs> and I realized I'm being serious. Until I, for the longest time I thought like, man, that 
that art book is it's exactly what I like in an art book. It explains the process. It's well designed, has a nice cover. That would look great in a copy of. Then I play the actual game. I'm like, okay, yeah, I didn't need that. <laughs> like the art design wasn't that great, and the characters weren't that great, and the the, the unique touches on what on what Irrational did weren't that great. So in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't spend the extra cash and have this gigantic book for a game I don't even really but care for. What if you picked it table? up for twenty dollars? Uh, there's still that stupid War in the North thing every time we go oh to Best Buy. Oh my gosh, yeah. But, <laughs> oh, the quiver? The quiver. Yes. I still want the quiver because it's Lord of the Rings theme, not necessarily because it's themed for the but game. I want the quiver too. Though? I don't know what I'm going to do with it though. You imagine like the game that, that Honestly, you'd have every time you play. You have the hold quiver on, sitting in the corner. Oh. <laughs> They've patched it some. It's probably better now. I want the quiver. Well, I'm not going to pay that much for it, but I want well, to it's, it's dropping price. Keep an eye out. <laughs> it's now it, last I saw it, it was the same price as uh, nor- like sixty bucks. It's like, but I have two copies of War in the North. <laughs> you didn't pay for them. You wouldn't be out any money. That's true. You're just buying the quiver at this point. <laughs> eBay the game. Well, just just like I bought the stupid plastic dragon. Yeah, you know what? You probably don't need it. What the quiver? At least the quiver is unique. You, you know what? Your situation, you have so much physical crap already, you kind of need to be really picky. It's got to be something really, really special. So I, I have I, to poop. Yeah, I say like, like uh, you know, like the Bioshock 2 art book was really well designed and great. But I mean, but if it's the not Skyrim a game that you book care was about. Exactly, yeah. Like the Skyrim book is sort of the same. The Skyrim and the Witcher 2 book are like the same kind of design. They explain the process. But those are two games that people actually care about. I think my Bioshock favorite too. art book I have right now mm-hmm. is the Guild Wars 2 art book. And especially oh, since it seems like that's not being made anymore. It's not even with the collector's edition. Um, but even then, it's I don't go back to them. I don't look at them. Nobody comes over, even if I have them displayed on my coffee table, nobody comes over and leafs through them. So I, I'm kind of anti-art book or becoming anti-art book. You know what would be better? Why not just get like a high, a really high quality sort of like a retina display level PDF? And then I'm sure like what? as people, as bigger monitors with high resolutions get cheaper and cheaper and become the standard going forward, wouldn't it be just better just to have like this really in-depth PDF page that you can just – I would like, argue I still wouldn't in. go through it. No, then just so I, who cares I, then? Yeah, right? I, I just don't know that it matters. But um, to your point, I think a lot of the Kickstarters are doing exactly that. Digital mm-hmm. PDF art books. So it's becoming a thing. I know Intel. I, I, I Sort of like Apple leads the way and then Intel sort of says, yeah, we should do that for our PC, for our PC OEMs. But yeah, uh, I'm pretty soon even like laptops are going to have like quad resolutions based on like Intel architecture. I'm, I'm saying, why not just make... You're waiting. What, what, um, they have what? We're going to start having resolution? high DPI displays. How high? Uh, think res- like double or quadruple what we have now? Yeah. To be more like I retina. can't read the freaking thing I have now. Yeah, but th- <laughs> they're not going to make the fonts smaller. It's going to be... They're, that's why they're, they're doing it by like a multiple of two, so yeah. they can just double the, the text size. Yeah. Like the, re- like the retina display does in the phone and, and, and stuff. Like well, the only point I was making is that it's going to be standard even on like basic laptops pretty soon. So not just... Yeah. If you're going to do it, I mean, at that point, your your computer monitor is going to have a higher resolution than the books, mm. than those than the art books they print them on. So maybe yeah, but just... the color gamut is always an issue on 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 less expensive displays, though. Fair so. enough. But you know, I, I will say this: we always talk about how I mean, Master Chief rightfully takes us the task because we look at where we live. You you have a super high speed connection. Michael has an ultra connection. 
I live in you know I live in Los Angeles. I can get decent internet if I want it. What about the people who don't want to download like twelve gigs of Diablo three? Or I have to download twenty two gigs of Terra. But you don't have a bandwidth cap either. Well, it took a, it took I, a, I don't I don't take that argument for Diablo three because they've had it up for pre download since March. So if you can't get mm-hmm. it downloaded by May fifteenth when they put it up in March, you're kind of not trying. Yeah. But for every other game, you're absolutely right. Like all the other Steam games and stuff that he's talking about. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's kind of a pain for people. And then that's yep. physical's there for them. And yeah, digital requires high bandwidth, but I do think that we're trending towards higher and higher bandwidths. But you know, you could imagine like in the December, there's a lot of sales. All of a sudden, if you buy Saints Row and uh, the new Need for Speed or the new Halo and Call of Duty, that's like 50 gigs of games right there. Yeah, yeah. So you'll have to, you won't be able to download them all at once and play them on that day. I, I don't know what to tell you. You're getting a good deal, so it's hard to feel sympathy. Oh. I know. I just wanted to bring it up because, he, I mean, he rightfully says we never mention the people who, who aren't as fortunate as us I, to be in these sort of these, uh, these, uh, these big population centers. Yeah. Um, I just don't buy that anymore. I'm not in a big population. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, he's he's he's. Well, you're in a college um, town, though. That's why I, I think that's Brandon, why I get good bandwidth had, is because I'm not in a big yeah. population center. Actually, ironically, I feel like I had better bandwidth in Brandon than I do here in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, well I you're not in control of your connection. connection. Yeah. No, you're not yeah, in control. That's... That doesn't count. <laughs> you're, you're, le- you're. I'm sure in Vancouver landlords. you could get something. What. Chris could get no problem. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it would be expensive. It would be expensive. You're right. So you are in the situation, and you 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 are you got like a five or six megabit connection, and you're able to download like games like Terra without any problems. Yeah, it just takes well, me twice as long as everybody yeah, else. But I mean, you're still that's able okay because I had to download it four right. times. Right. I so mean, okay. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a situation of for me, it's. I can do it. I'm just not doing it anywhere near as fast as you guys are. Sure, but it, it hasn't really been an, an obstacle, I would say. No, right? no, not at all. I mean, especially since I went home, it's like, hey, we're going to play Terra tonight. Okay, well, I'll start the eight-hour download now because I'll just run it all day while you guys are at work. Yeah. Well, yeah, plus they had it up for a week. Well, yeah, that that too, but... We're talking about like Steam games and stuff where you buy it and then you have to wait a day or maybe more just to get it downloaded. Is that's the assertion, and so it hurts that gratification moment and stuff. Well, I think you need to start getting into what uh, Blizzard does, where you don't need the whole game. Mm. You need to get a certain part of it, and you can start playing, and the rest of it just kind of runs. You know, that doesn't work for every game model. It's hard to develop like that. I don't know why it doesn't. Because what do you need? You need the original assets at the beginning. You need the starting part. And you need, you need to design engine. the game with streaming in mind to make sure it fences you off properly and keeps you from getting into a situation where you don't have files on your disk that you need. You know, if you have to stop at some point because you don't have... I mean, I just think the way you're progressing, I... get to a point where it's able to decide, yes, this person can play while it continues. And if you do, somehow the download stops or something and you get stuck, then you get stuck and you when have to you wait. you can't that... count on files being there, everything <clears throat> becomes harder. Don't give me that. That's... No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. 
you just put conditions around everything. It's not that hard. You're supposed to do that. <laughs> you have to As add part a, of good programming, you're supposed to do that. Yeah, you anything. just have to put around conditions around everything. Uh, everything. It's an extra <laughs> to you do. We're it's just quadrupling the code. No, with no, 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 no. You should do that anyway because what if the file got corrupted? What if the file was missing? Because you have to do that on your statements. But you are putting gameplay conditions to artificially wall you off and say you need to hold here. It's not just a, it's not just an error catch okay, like yeah, I went to load this there. file. You have to do yeah. more more higher level things, which can be more tricky to program, and it's a lot more to take into to account. And people just don't deal with that usually. I mean, That's I think kind of weird. If you're doing, I, mean, I don't know. I think if you do zone changes. You're doing these checks anyway, and you're like, no, nope, yeah, but I have not a every problem. game has zone changes. I mean, only MMOs. No. Well, okay, loading screens, yeah. So like loading Half-Life screens 2. on so many games, and you're just like, nope, like this that isn't part in Half Life Two where you're going through a tunnel and it and it triggers a load and tries to mask it, so the tunnel just would go on for an hour and a half while it's downloading. I'm in Mass file. Effect in an elevator. <laughs> you know what? This is going to take a no, while. No, Half Life Two actually coffee. did have actual loading screens. Oh, did it? Metroid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Metro- I'd Metroid. say Metroid would be a better screens. example. Okay. Because of the doors. Mm-hmm. Well, the doors and the elevators. <laughs> yeah, Sam, those are both loading I've screens. gone through all my missiles, and I can't get this door to open. Oh, it's just loading. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could even just you could even see it in Metroid. You would open the door, and it would like... I, j- I just think that's a lot of effort for very little benefit, rather than I just making a person wait. I think moving <laughs> forward at this point, when you're saying, you know, we're going digital only, that's something you have to consider. Yeah. <sighs> I will say, though, that that one of the benefits of this generation lasting for six, seven years, eight years is that it's kept PC game downloads. I mean, I mean, file sizes at a reasonable at a reasonable level. Yeah, Only 20 gigs or so. Last for like a lot of games. Like, look how big. uh, What was it called? Saints Row was. Yeah. Saints Row the third. I mean, it's they've been Saints Row the third was like 15 gig. Oh, but imagine next gen, how big these things are with higher texture resolutions, bigger worlds. But they don't have bigger discs yet. Yeah, Blu-ray. Blu-ray only goes to what? 40? That's big enough. 50. 47, I think. That's big enough. So it's uh, like, dual, yeah, dual-layer ones are like... 47. Yeah, dual-layer ones can only go to 47, so we're still not really talking a huge jump in uh, size uh, here. You are once you start making multi-disc Blu-ray games. Oh but the good thing, like yeah. a lot of still, <laughs> a lot of high-profile 360 games still come on one disc, though. Yep. But I think we're seeing a lot more of the reason they take so much space is they have all these pre-rendered movies, and you're seeing a lot less of that and a lot more of just the high-res textures and then generating oh, it in the... It costs a lot less to do in-game cutscenes. Well, that CGI and they're is getting, expensive. They're getting high enough that it, you know, CGI is not as expensive as it used to be. Okay. Yeah, like, it, it sometimes it even amazes me. Like, if you look at, like, the new Halo 4 screenshots, that even in this generation with these limited file sizes, you're still getting the kind of t- new high-quality t- textures, and they just, they just know where to allocate those resources now. Fascinating. Oh, uh, we have another question here. <laughs> Do you prefer oh. online co-op or in-person split-screen co-op? Does it depend on the game? For me, it's a lot less fun to play with people over the Internet than with my friends at my place. Well, that's obvious. It has to be really good split-screen co-op. There are crappy split-screen co-ops. Oh, Borderlands 1, terrible um, split-screen co-op. War in the North, terrible <laughs> split-screen co-op. Hmm. The, reason, the, the reason why Borderlands was bad is because the, the menus were too big for your screen, so you'd have to pan back and forth to see the entire menu to Ouch. see what you were doing. I really like the Harry Potter split-screen. 
uh, the excuse me, Harry Potter, the Lego. It's really the Lego split screen where I think it was. I saw it in the Harry Potter years one through four Lego game, where like when you guys are close to each other, it's it's uh, you're on the same screen, and it's only when you get apart from each other that it splits, and the screen merges and splits as it needs to. I thought that's kind that of cool. is cool. Yeah, some people thought it was weird. They don't like it because it's it keeps messing with them that it changes. But I I thought it was a really cool way to do it. Um, I in person co ops always better. I think. Um, I think it depends on the game. I well, no, I think the 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 social aspects of being next to the person is is, is makes for a better gaming experience, even with crappy co-op uh, i think yeah, the issue when is when he's losing he can give them a big no, fat elbow and throw that's them off true. the game well i think i think it's better i i i guess um i agree with you that some games make it a worse experience i just kind of wish that they didn't because i think it's the better way to do co-op is, but it's is not what I say. couch co-op is like the exception not the rule now. you're right it is it is the exception now and they are totally doing the right choice as far as supporting what most people are going to do um i just want to play gauntlet Gears was pretty fun in, co- in couch co-op. If you ever want to do that? Gears? Yeah. Michael, come over. Then you don't mm-hmm. have to wait for the game. What? what come game? over. Gears of War. Oh, no. I said Gauntlet. I want to play Gauntlet. <laughs> He's not even processing the idea that you he want just, to play. I don't want to play Gears of War because I have to play Terra. I should go play Terra right now. I'm going to go play it's Terra. Michael, Michael, Michael promised to play Gears of War. Yeah. Michael promised to play yes, Gears of War with me. Yes, you bring this up every single E3 podcast. last blah, year. Blah, blah. <laughs> I don't, you, oh, yeah, you were going to buy me gold. That's right. I, I have the card sitting right here. Oh, okay. As soon as I'll you get the game, the game, I'm ready to ready to give you the code. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go play That's Terra right, now. the triple pack, Michael. That's $27 <laughs> on Amazon. For I think what? he has the game and he's just not telling me. No, I do not have it. <laughs> what have you Swear been waiting? Upon whatever you, feel you better like. you better start using those Guzex points now. They got acquired and people are worried that things are going to get shut down. So acquired. Yeah, someone bought Guzex and <gasps> Did Zynga buy them? No, no, not Zynga. Yeah. Someone bought Guzex? Yes. It was Zynga. They're going <laughs> it was to feed not a Zynga. <laughs> How do you go? It's it was a game EA, training obviously. service. Yeah, obviously EA. And they're going to lock everything down in Origins. They're going to be like, we're done. Bam. Which, by the way, new Origin feature that lets you play offline and uh, even if you're banned for multiplayer play. So that makes Origins slightly less offensive to people. Well, it's more like that if you're banned from the forums because the forums and online and your online account were tied together. So people who were banned from the forums couldn't play their games at all. You know, if you're so dumb enough to get compromise. banned from forums, I don't want to talk to you anyway. I don't know. For, forum moderators, in my experience, are rather overzealous about bans. So I don't, I don't trust them to be They're fair. Overzealous about warnings. I've never been banned. No, but it wasn't even like a choice that you could, you can choose to ban someone in the forums from there. It was tied. They were both so tied together that people found out that hey, I was banned from the forums. Now I can't play any of my Origin games. Yeah, that's pretty crappy. So now you can play that's the the single design. player campaigns, campaigns. So that's fine at least, but. So yeah, you still can't play online. Um, yeah, but then they they followed up the that story and said, but keep in mind, most all the bans that we're talking about here are temporary, and so that's how I don't care. I know, right? That's so if sad. you yell at us for Mass if, Effect if, if Three, I yell at you you'll be able to play forums? Mass Effect Three eventually. Yeah, and then you ban me for it. That I bought that game. I know. At no point should you say you can't play it. Well, that should be a loss. Uh, no, no, you can get banned from playing on Xbox and stuff, even though you bought Xbox no, Live only for hacking. Uh, no. No, you can get bi- banned for harassment, too. Okay, harassment, but you can get sued for harassment. You can get banned for repeated foul language complaints. 
Was it from certain games or all of Xbox? Um, if you get banned from Xbox Live, it's everything. So it's not. Yeah. And you could take your game and use it on with a new account and still play. So it's not a perfect analogy. You're right. EA is actually taking the game away from you, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If I have to, if I'm playing that, and then they're like, "Nope, I can't play my game anymore." I'm sorry, I bought that game. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but they're going to make the analogy to an MMO where you buy a code to give you access to MMO and they can ban that MMO account and you don't get it back. Well, all they <laughs> yeah, do is my Crisis 2 game right? is totally like an MMO when I'm playing single player. Well, yeah. Well, but they just said you can play single player. Yeah, finally. But how long did it take them to fix that? Yeah, it took a long time. Hmm. Will any of you play Borderlands 2? And I'm going to say yes. sometime after I finally play Borderlands 1. Oh, you don't need to go back. Another game you're whining at me about? No, I've got Borderlands 1, damn it. I'm going to play it. I have all the DLC. No. I want to play it. I want to play it. Oh, then let's play online. I have all the DLC. Oh, wait, you but have I it on. I have it on PC. <laughs> and the downfall of the, the world continues. Because it's a, ga- a shooting game, and I like, I like those with a mouse. Ah, but it's but as a console shooter mentality though. I have Steam. I don't think there's Mortar such a thing as a play. console shooter mentality. Halo no. says hello. I like to play Halo, Halo on the PC too. Halo oh. and Gears of War say hello. Well, I, I, yeah. I maybe if somebody would Gears, play Gears, Gears of, of War, War with me. Gears of War is not me. entirely a shooter though. Yeah, it is. It's a, there's like melee fighting and stuff too, isn't there? Well, that's, not really. It's more like there's, when you're up close, instead of whacking them with the butt of your, of your gun, you, just, you saw them yeah. in half. There, there's melee fighting like in Mass that. Effect, right, Mike? I mean, does, is that really a thing? It had to. I ran out of bullets in the exactly, demo. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's your melee you know fighting. It was actually more effective. <laughs> I know. You can actually spec for it. Because I could shoot them like 12 times, or I could just hit them with the back of my pistol twice, can, and they'd fall down. Uh, you like, can you know, spec um, a character for that in Mass Effect 3, actually. Well, if it's only going to take two hits, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Forget which uh, which build it is. Anyway, if you could localize any game and instantly make it available in the U- wait, hold on, John and Anna, any interest in Borderlands? I I already own it, and no, I'm not especially keen on it. All right, Borderlands Two. I, I, I think the analogy for Borderlands Two is like Torchlight One to Torchlight Two, or you know, sort of like they had they had a good idea to begin with, but there were a lot of flaws, and it seems like based on what they're talking about, they're realizing their original vision. It took them another game to do it, but Borderlands 2 is basically what you wanted the first one to be, and then some. Okay. Well, that's what Torchlight 2 is. It's what you wanted yeah, exactly. the first one to be. They had some good ideas. They didn't execute exactly, Pain but it's, um, what, right. it's, what you wanted the sec- it's what you wanted the first one to be. I just want dubstep dancing robots. You got that. All and right. Did you hear at the PAX thing? They, they announced full customization features. With dubstep? Well, like, you know how, like, you're not going to be choosing, like, at the outset when you create your, your character, you're not going to be choosing a face and hairstyles or anything like that. Okay. But instead, like, customization options come in the form of loot. So you, they'll drop individual skins. Like, you'll be, like, the different gun manufacturer will have different uh, clothing different clothing skins and shirts or, like, different camo outfits. And there's, like, a bit, like, there's a bit, there's just as many of them as there are guns in the game. And they drop as loot. And on top of that, though, they have different heads that completely change how your, your character's head looks. So, like, maybe... You'll have axed in the soldier, and you'll find like a like a medic mask, and you'll be wearing a medic mask. And those will be like real rewards that you get for beating bosses and stuff. And they'll have, like they'll be different tiered, just like Diablo loot. So when you see someone online with like this great, this crazy head that you've never seen before, and a crazy skin you've never seen before, you know that guy was on a boss run and he got the real character. So he got like some real great drop. So that's just 
doing more customization into the systems that the that, that are already there. That's pretty cool. That's like one more thing that people were wanting really badly in the first game. Hmm. Okay. If you could localize any game and instantly make it available in the U.S., what would it be? Bonus points. Easy. Oh, easy, easy. Okay. Oh, sorry. I should let you finish. No, go for it. Oh, you're excited. From Mission Five. No. Yes. No. Yes. That's a, that's what you're gonna pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fine. When you hear what I've been playing recently, you'll see why. <laughs> From Mission Five was the best From Mission. It was the best from mission. How I do you know cinematics? if you haven't played it? This is this is actually pretty easy, I think. Um, Shining Force three parts two and three. Hmm. Hmm. I would just say this though: from Mission Five was the best from mission. It had it had the it was like a farewell to the entire from mission series. The way it was constructed, it it had like the cinematics of a Final Fantasy X, like like a lot more focus on characters and character development instead of just talking heads. It had a story that actually spanned the entire series. So from like the moment the game starts, you're before the first game and by the time it ends you've gone all the way through from mission three and four and those same characters it's like a it's like a farewell to the series a greatest hits version like you see all the main characters at some point in this one person's life as it spans the entire game i mean as someone who liked mission from- online was doing that bad or what from mission online was just like uh, <laughs> yes. yes the less said the better but from mission five is like uh it, it was everything that that worked about the combat in four and three with a uh, with a lot of the modern storytelling from other Square Enix games, and it was a uh, span the entire series. It was gigantic fan service. Like, okay, this is probably the last one we're ever gonna make, guys. Enjoy it. Hmm. My pick has more Shining Force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my pick is a game I'm I'm probably never gonna see in the United States ever. Neither. All right, fine. You already got some. You know, as soon as you buy a, a Japanese version next time you're in Tokyo or something, you're you know it's gonna come out on PSN like the not- next day. Which one? Shining Force. Prime Mission 5 or Shining Force 3, Part 2, and 3? <laughs> Shining Force. Why is that? I mean, look, I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like so many games get localized. Yeah. Like the two Persona games, even no one thought those would ever get localized back back a long time ago. Like, remember Eternal Punishment 1? Yep. No one thought that would ever come out here. And well, here that, it is but the PS- reason that was localized is because they did a Japanese market remake, and they decided, well, let's go ahead and localize this remake. I don't know exactly. that the, the Shining Force games, since they were on Saturn, are probably never going to be remade. Oh, and yeah. Oh, oh, you're right. Saturn's terrible. It's a terrible platform. <laughs> Nobody likes it. No one likes to, to, to dig up that code. Emulate. I mean, like, it took eons to get Radiant Silver Gun done. <laughs> oh, you're right. That's probably never going to happen, too. No, no. <laughs> Shining, uh, I, I would say Front Mission 5 has a better chance, but I don't see a remake happening anytime soon for that. So, I don't know. Uh, bonus points. What would the su- what would the ultra limited premium super collectors edition of the game come with? P.S. You said Super Robot Wars, didn't you? Ah, you're wrong. Even John uh, didn't say that's Super. A, Ro- that's what? only because only because I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get to talk. Yet. Yeah, but you don't need to say anything, right? Cause yeah, because everyone just automatically assumes that's exactly no, what I'm going to say. because you import them anyway. You don't need them localized. No, it's true. Actually, I don't necessarily. All right. So, I'm so well, angry. The From Mission Five Collector's Edition it had two, like these two awesome little uh, Vanzer toys that came that were from Play Arts Kai, and they came like on a little battlefield and they had interchangeable weapons and body parts. So that's what the that's what it comes with then. Uh, toy tanks, basically. You know what? I'm surprised that no one's saying what. Mother three. Yeah. I'm not. 
I, I could care less about mother. See, I couldn't. <laughs> well, you're care, asking me but to I'm pick one. No you're asking that. me to pick one. So, Anna doesn't like Earthbound. You don't care. I'm sitting here having to decide between some like really sought after RPGs, and and it's hard. And Manny doesn't care about Mother, right? Not at all. Yeah, John, what about you? Do you care about Mother Three? Uh, no, not especially. So if Sean was on this week, he would probably pick Mother Three, but he's not. So I just thought it gets an honorable mention because I know so many people would want it. I here, here's care. here's the reason I'd also pick Shining Force because I can go and download an emulated version that's translated for Mother Three, no problem. I don't think I can do that with the Shining Force games. Why not? Because there's no emulation of Saturn stuff that works. Um, is there? I don't know. Saturn's so old. That's the whole issue. That's why nobody ports these games over, because emulating them is hard. Did it have, like, two graphics see, that, cards in the Saturn? I doesn't understand. Like, it's like... Texture. It had a extra CPU or something, and yeah. Or two I, I just don't or see how it could yeah. be that hard these days to emulate something that's so old. Ooh, Nino Kuni DS with the book. That's a good option too. Ugh. Yeah. What? What? What are you against Dragon Quest style combat for? No, no, no. I'm against you whining about something that hasn't even had a chance to not be brought over completely yet. I mean, uh, the, no, the DS knows? version is Nino done. Kuni? The ne- DS. How do you know? Done. Um, how do you know? Because it's Nintendo. What if what if Nino Kuni sells really well, and then they decide, oh well, we'll just bring over the DS version then too? Because I think Nintendo published it in Japan. So Nintendo's noticed, kind of, you know, does things after they sell well. Yeah, sure. I have no faith in them. I mean, the whole Xenosaga thing made me respect them less, man. It'll Xenoblade. probably take nine months to certify it. Yeah. I, I don't saying. trust I'm that not, they're going to bring... I'm not totally to the point where I'm like, well... well okay, you know, first of all, Mike, first of all, no one's going to spend money localizing the book. And no one's going to spend money putting that as a pack-in or a pre-order bonus, because it's an expensive... Well, not the book, no. Well, and we're talking about with the book. Oh, well, then you're but, silly, because yeah. lots of better things out there but, you could get. Uh, otherwise, and we've already got one Nino Kuni game coming out over here. It's going to be a hard-ass sell just on that, especially if they don't change the name of it. Um, I don't think they're going to get the sales number to justify doing a second Nino Kuni game that has a lot of overlapping content with the first one. I mean, where's your you market just said a for third. that? What? You just said only a third. Uh, we've got, we know it's at least a third of overlapping content, right? Yeah, that's not much. <laughs> okay. I... You're asking... I mean, there's a niche market already for Nino Kuni, and you're asking them to buy the same game almost twice. So that's what niche people do. Yeah, maybe. Persona, they, anyone? <laughs> okay. So we need to get fair shot. If we give Atlas the game, yeah. How many copies of Persona Three have we bought now? Um, I've bought two. I bought th- uh, three. Just the one myself. Okay. So there you that, go. That that proves it. Nino Cooney's coming over next year. Michael's just announced it. <laughs> I think he's wrong. All right, let's start. Let's start the news, guys. We've it's got not a what I show said. Already. I said it's not impossible. It, you're right. It's not impossible. Um, yeah. I'm. I don't want to get my. On. I don't want to get my hypes up for that one. Hopes. Nah, hypes. Get your hypes up. I don't want to get my get hypes your, up. Get my hypes up, yo. <laughs> How about Dragon's Dogma? Is anyone still hyped for this one? So this is the Capcom what? game where you're running around with the party and uh, killing mythological creatures out of Western mythology and stuff like that. Remember? So it's Monster Hunter for the Western audience? Yeah, but it's not really Monster Hunter. It's a lot. 
it's not as involved as that, and I don't think it has multiplayer, does it? It's an open world RPG. Well, you kill griffins and dragons and stuff. I, like that. I, 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 I'm, I'm against killing dragons on the multiplayer, but okay. the implication appeared to be that you kind of could. Uh, oh God, how do I describe this? Um, you could sort of upload your character. It, it almost felt a little bit like the. Imagine if the oh, phantoms that you could summon in Dark Souls oh. were uncontrollable. It has multiplayer, apparently. So, oh, it does. There's okay. multiplayer tracker. Like wait, the... wait, hold on. I'm looking. Official Dragon's Dogma multiplayer E3 trailer, and then I go dun dun dun. Dragon Dog Dragon's Dogma explains lack of multiplayer. Wait, what? <laughs> Google no, is it's showing like me this trailer. Except different. <laughs> multiplayer would dis- distract from the experience. So I guess there's not. I guess there's not multiplayer, so I don't know what's going on. So no multiplayer. Yeah. Okay. No multiplayer. Fine. And that's all we know. It is um coming out. Oh, it's getting a demo when? Uh, the demo comes out this week. April 24th on PSN and Xbox Live. Um, Europe, it's April 25th. There you go. That's we'll be so able to try right. it out next week. Sweet. Okay. We can give it a shot. Right after I finish playing Terra. You don't have enough time to put in a an hour demo? Nope. <laughs> you had a chance to play Terra yep. last night. You didn't play it all. Don't tell I'm me I'm not talking about last it. night. Oh. What? All right. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, Rising last Star. bad. Oh, okay. Blazing Souls to torture gullible Europeans. What is this? What are they doing to your people, John? Well, they're already uh, gullible. They're just making sure you know. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, John. Uh, no, this is just make um, Rising Star just bringing um, Blazing Souls, which apparently everyone says is terrible. I've never played it, and I have it? no particular. Oh, it's, it's an, an Idea Factory RPG. It's an Idea Factory PSP RPG. So this sounds so we're we're shaping up to be quality here, um, and I don't know how it plays. Is it a tactical game? I said, I got no idea about the game, and I'm not really that interested in it. It came out in Japan three years ago, 2009. Um, it's set in the Neverland universe. I think I remember covering something about this way back when. I don't know the Neverland universe anymore, though. I forgot all the details. So you say you hear it's bad, but go, um, who's bring, uh, Blaze, uh, Rising Star is bringing, bringing it out anyway. All right. Whoa, hello. And Manny is spamming the chat room with Front Mission 5 story. Not lines. spamming. I was just reading the Hardcore Gaming 101. Okay. Spamming. Oh, my entire window is now uh, is now Manny. You have a tiny window, man. I Mine do. is huge. I do. Tiny wow. <laughs> Dragon's Crown. So this is an interesting one. So you know how Ignition was going to bring out Dragon's Crown? Isn't Ignition no. dead or something? They're kind of dead I was now. Hoping. Yeah, they're kind yeah. of dead now in the U.S. At least for games. Well, like they were this. bought by Disney. No, they, oh, what? they were. Oh, part, crap. part of them. Yeah. Okay, I don't. No, because Max said something and I didn't understand. But if that's what he meant, no, oh, man. Yeah. Disney they bought, bought UTV. UTV. Yeah. And UTV what? has three brand. They bought it like last year. Yeah, they bought UTV. So UTV. Yes. Which they, they wanted a- UTV India for. That was the primary reason that they bought it. Yeah. I don't know if they've just purchased UTV India or not. So, and UT, well, they bought UTV, so they got all three. And so they got 
India, True Games, and Ignition. I guess, yeah. But is True Games still around? Are they still yeah. doing that? Because UTV Ignition, like the the one that's publishing games in the U.S., seems to be done or dead. I don't. Know. It was doing so well. The and the snide remark when UTV was purchased last year was Disney already has one crappy game division that can't put out quality games. Why do they want another one? <laughs> Which one is that? Um, Disney Games. Disney is um, really shaping up. Or they're trying to bring a lot of stuff back in house and do a lot more game publishing. So yeah, they're kind of pulling a WB and acquiring stuff and, and upping their infrastructure. I can say nothing, so I will. About what? Disney. Oh right. Do you work at? Do you work for this? I work now? for Disney. You work. You yeah, he con- works at Playdom. You work. He works no, at I do not. I work above Playdom. You work above. Oh. He does contract work for a part of Disney that is somewhat. For Disney Interactive Media Group. Yeah, but you're doing stuff a, with which, like social games, not really console games, right? No, it encapsulates all the entertainment things, all the games. Yeah, I mean, but what you actually do is more social What games, I do is right? I build web Websites. platforms. All right, so you don't really... So let's make it clear, Michael doesn't know anything about Disney games anyway, but he's going to be safe and not say anything. I'm not going to, yeah. Whether or not I know anything, I'm not going to say it anyway. But I'm going to taunt you and make it sound like you don't know anything. So. I know more than I can say. The end. <laughs> All right. Um, play. So anyway, so UTV Ignition was doing Dragon's Crown. They announced this like last year at E3 or something like that. And well, now they don't exist so much anymore. They're very different. So they're not going to do it anymore. And Good plan. He, here's the weird stuff that's come out of it. So the, they, had, they had announced a $29.99 price tag for the Vita version of Dragon's Crown. And... And it's like, apparently that was pulled out of nowhere. So so here's the news. Atlas has picked up the game. So someone needed to pick it up. So Atlas is picking it up. They're going to publish it here for Vanillaware. And uh, apparently they're also going to help produce the game. So they're lending talent to the game's production back over in Japan. And, the, and they released like some weird statement about um, the game cannot retail. And I don't know where this statement is because it was not set to my press release account. So I don't know where where all this stuff came from. What are we looking for? The Where the new retail price info came from, because that was not in the press release Atlas sent out. Um, mm, let me look. Yeah. So Atlas states that the game cannot hit retail as low as $29.99 and still be profitable, and the price for the Vita version will now be $39.99, which is like oh, most... Oh, when, when the game budget. was originally announced, they were, they were announced with MSRPs and coming out this year. Yeah. Now it's 2013, and there is no MSRP other than we can't charge what the original people were saying that they were going to no, charge. No, no, we've on our story it says 39.99. Oh, okay. Oh, I know why because the Which, links for Amazon became active. Nah, I guess. Um, so some people are saying, well, Amazon they they cancel the game out of Amazon because of the publisher switch. And if they hadn't done that, you'd still get the 29.99 price because of Amazon's price matching. Um, and some people are like, no, the reason it got canceled is because the MSRP is changing. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know where this well, price legally, change Legally, they're not announced. able to do that. What? They can't just cancel your order because they raise the price. I, I don't know what... I can't say that with certainty. Can you really say that with certainty? Yeah. Okay. Because that's part of what the pre-order thing does, unless they've stipulated that it's a tentative price and subject to change. They can't just go, I'm like, oh, well, we raised the price. We canceled everyone. They can say they're going to set it and, you know, and then ask you or something. But they can't just be like, well, we canceled everyone. But the problem here is they're not thinking this through. Amazon is only a distributor. Therefore, they had a contract with whoever. 
contract is null and void, all orders are null and void. Yeah. Because the publisher. It's changed. very simple. This is what yeah. we, that's what I said originally. All right. But so it's, the it's, it's not even change. If the publisher's gone, it's over. It's still a change. <laughs> it was one publisher, now it's another. It's a new publisher. No, 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 no. See, there, you're, you're reading one process. I, I, you're really jumping on a semantic here. Um, I like jumping on semantics. It's fine. <laughs> it is a new publisher. Therefore, the old orders don't matter anymore. You got yes, new orders. We got a new price. If there was no new publisher, they still would have dropped all the orders. Of course. There'd be no game. Exactly. That's my point. People are like, well, it's changed, so it must be different than if the publishers didn't exist. I'm like, the publisher doesn't exist. Therefore, new things happen. You I, guys need to I, put I, I, your... don't, I don't understand the difference. I don't care. Thirty nine ninety nine. Uh, it's a normal game. Pr- because you're talking in circles. PlayStation I 3 am. release price is forty nine ninety nine. I find this interesting. Because PS3 ahead. normal prices are fifty nine ninety nine. Vita normal prices are thirty nine ninety nine. So if this is meant to be like a, a pseudo budget title on both platforms, why is it not twenty nine ninety nine on the Vita? It's very weird. Maybe back to it. You, they're going to drop the price again after raising it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What's the name of this game? Uh, Dragon's Crown. Crown. Um, I believe uh, at some point Bentenhausen or somebody was saying that this is. Feels like uh, the old D and D beat 'em ups on like the Saturn and stuff. Bentenhausen go. Um, he is now with Sony. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, he's working on uh, their game I development. I deal with stuff. him. Yeah, apparently he's doing good stuff there. He's doing know. community outreach. Oh, okay. Community outreach. I thought he was doing. All right. He's doing a bunch of stuff. I thought he was doing right the now. same he's thing that Sutton was doing. Yeah. All right. It doesn't matter. All right. So Dragon's Crown. That's your news. Atlas is doing it now, so it's going to be much better marketed anyway. This is good news for the game. <laughs> it's thirty nine ninety nine on the Vita, forty nine ninety nine on the PS three. Coming out in twenty thirteen. Enough of that. Deb, double Devil. What is this? Devil Survivor Overclocked and Devil Survivor Two are coming to Europe. John, you can finally play these. Yay! If I kind of, I'm still not sure I actually want to, but oh, okay. whatever. Well, these are the <laughs> so. You have the 3DS uh, enhanced version, Devil Survivor Overclocked, and the regular DS, Devil Survivor 2. And there's no release date. We just know Ghostlight is going to bring them out there, so there should surely be some nice pre-order goodies. Uh, well, the, I think the only real problem at the moment with that is I have no 3DS, and I have no intention to get Well, one. you could play Devil Survivor 2 then. Mm. With your regular Because, you DS. know, that stupid region lock. I kind of still hate it. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's not going to change soon. So, uh, Funimon in the chat rooms brings up a good point. So we know what's happening to Dragon's Crowns. What's going on with Grand Knight's Historia? Or Grand Knight's History. Is that the name of the game? Yeah. That was the other Ignition announced title. Uh, Vanillaware as well, right? Um, I'm sure know. we'll find out someday. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, Exceed. Is listed in North America, so they're there yeah. you go. They announced that a while back. Yeah, I, or maybe it was never ignition. So it's Exceed. That's coming to be announced sometime this year. So don't worry about that. Good. I'm glad we avoided that that uh, concern. It has a nice box art, by the way, in the, in Japan. Hmm. All right. Darksiders Two is getting delayed. People, the apocalypse has been pushed off for just a little while. Just and, like the rest of the oh. apocalypse is supposed to happen this year. Yeah. It will now be at a later time in 2012, still this year. Um, so, Did they say like July? Oh, right, August. P- 
PS3, 360, and PC in August, and Wii U sometime later in 2012. Mostly because we don't know when the Wii U is coming out. (laughs) Yay! So it's hard to say a date, because that would imply that they were going to release the Wii U at a certain time. Alright, who's been waiting for Baldur's Gate on the iPad? Uh, I'm probably going to get it on iPad on from the Mac App Store. Alright, so you're going to Because they that. cross-communicate, and you can play on your computer on one time, and then go play on your iPad on the go. Okay, so the, the Twitter guy for, or, sorry, he's the studio head, right, of Beamdog Yeah, and Studios? he owns Beamdog, I think. He he's owns Beamdog. Be- he's founder, been tweeting uh, all this info, and he did a Gama Sutra article, was it? I think he's just tweeting and a bunch of like people picked it up. Okay. So here's He's very open about the development and the like the problems he runs into with uh like changing UI, getting into the code, adding new characters, mm-hmm. raising level caps. He's very open on his Twitter so, feed about what he's doing with the project. Here's a quick rundown of the features and changes. And yes, it's a slower news week, so that's why we're doing this. The level cap for Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition will be increased. Um because of a bad uh, that's to... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. No, you got it. Okay, a bad experience with Nintendo means that they're probably not going to have a Wii U version, or I guess it would have been WiiWare, and that's the real issue. Um, see, that's why I thought it was a retail release, guys, because it says in this article, Wii U version. Well, and that's what people ask them about, and Wii U wouldn't be WiiWare, would it? Um, they, they don't haven't said anything about their online store that be, for Wii U. Cause that, yeah, and that's what people are thinking, Wii U version on the touchscreen. So, well, that's not going to happen because they had bad issues with Nintendo in the past, and... Uh, you know, if it's WiiWare related, that ex- yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff going on with that. A boxed edition is going to be explored. They're not committing to it just yet, but apparently fans really like boxed editions for some reason. Um, oh, wait. This is the, the Master Chief letter from earlier, I guess. Um, but does Baldur's Gate really need to not be downloadable? Is that really... All right, whatever. The game will be localized in German, French, and Spanish with more languages in the works. E-figs, basically, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's well, no they didn't say Italian. Yeah, no, no Italian. Good point. Mm. No plan for more than six characters in the player's party, so they're not upping the party size, which is probably a good thing, because then you're really changing the, a lot of the game if you do that. But, but uh, the classing and dual-specking dual things from uh, Baldur's Gate 2, throwing a ball, should be in there. Basically, everything, every, every gameplay advancement that was in Baldur's Gate 2, throwing a ball, will be in this one. Cool. The enemy AI will continue to be a pain in the butt, even with the new content. Apparently that's a good thing. I don't know. They're, they're going to get great new voice talent for the new content. Several actors have been auditioned. And if there's new voiceover work being done for Minx, Jim Cummings will reprise the role, which is very important because he has like the best voice acting in the game. and It's like he's awesome. He's the guy with the is hamster. He, is he better than Bastion's narrator? That's what I want to know. Uh, it's a totally different... Uh, you're comparing apples to oranges. Mod support like will be per- improved. Updates for Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition will be slower going than planned. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know what that means. What does that Chicken. mean? <laughs> this is a weird tweet, so I don't know what that's talking about. Beamdog it's will... It's a tweet. It's not supposed to always be everything awesome. Yeah, well, this article did a bad job of giving you the context of what he's talking about. Um, uh, they're not doing an enhanced version of Ultima. I, I don't know how that came up. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 would take some heavy reworking. What do you mean reworking? You'd have to make a game. There's no Baldur's Gate 3 already. Oh, okay. Here's the tweet. Would probably develop a new engine and a new tool path. Clipping map areas is not an ideal level art workflow. What does that mean? All right. And they 
they say though that Icewind Dale is a candidate for enhancement if Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition is a success, and it would use the uh, code that's, base. That's very speculative. It's more like it's a candidate if they can work out a deal with everyone involved at a later date, years from now, and they yes. can negotiate that. <laughs> if this, if it's... all right, I should have just stopped reading that article about three quarters of the way down. So, <laughs> game journalism, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's out of context. Yeah. Uh, why you don't make stories out of Twitter posts? Yeah. Well, you need to do a little better job than that. But what'd you say, Manny? I did send you a story that is actual news about Baldur's Gate. Ooh. With a why don't you just tell me what it is? What's the story? Oh. Uh, oh. Okay. Uh, Nat Jones is the Baldur's Gate art director for the new content. I don't know who that is. Well, I sent you a link, Ben. Okay, so uh, oh, I'm, I'm, Nat I Jones has link. been a popular figure in the comics and film industry for the, over a decade, working on such popular titles as Frank wait, Frazetta's Death Dealer, Shadow of Mirhan, 68 Spawn, 28 Days Later, Rob Zombie's The Nail, 30 Days of Night, and many more. Well, I know none of those things. Um, I've heard of some of them, but I haven't seen them. And I don't know how that was relevant to Baldur's Gate. And I don't know why they need art direction for a port. Because it's not art. Say what? Because it's not a straight port. Oh, because of the new stuff they're adding? Because of the new stuff, yeah. Okay. So cool. Yay. They have an art director. If you want to see some of the samples, check out his stuff. Do you have any announcements about programmers they've hired? Let's let's tell. Actually, yeah, they do have some. They have they have like. uh, What about about HR? Do they have any HR? (laughs) That wasn't serious. No, but they have like eight of the original people from the original team. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, they have a lot of ex-Bioware uh, people coming in all the time now. That's good. That's the thing, though. I mean, that's the th- when, a com- when a guy is this open about his company, I mean, each individual piece of news isn't gigantic or huge, but that kind of candor is, is, is interesting if you're actually just, you know, just following him on Twitter and you wake up in the morning and say, like, oh, okay, cool. They got another guy from the old Bioware team. Interesting. But I'm sure if you piece it together and make a story, the minutia is not very interesting. Did um did Z-Boyd Studios did they announce a new um title? Mm, unofficially. No. What is CSH? Oh, the acronym the... for their post Rain Slick 3 and 4 game. Wait. Right. Rain Slick 4. They announced yeah. a Rain Slick 4 already? Yeah, at PAX this year. PAX East? Yeah. We didn't have that story. What the heck? Yeah. Or was it in the it interview? Was sort of um it was sort of an afterthought that went up, I think, on Twitter or on his blog, basically, when um, PAX was done. Because people are like, you're not stopping the three, right? And they're like, no, we're talking about doing four, too. Okay. And after that, they're going to do another game called CSH, and it has nothing to do with Cthulhu, even though there's a C in the acronym. So they're not going to do a Cthulhu sequel. That's all fresh off the Twitter. There's your Twitter st- Twitter. Uh, there's your Twitter news. Here's some news. Um, if you've been, if you you know, if you're like many people who thought Final Fantasy XIV was kind of lacking during its original incarnation, you may have stopped playing the game and stopped paying a subscription fee, and then it went free. To, well, actually, you never had to pay a subscription. You never fee had until, a fee. Well, until recently, um, January, I guess. Right. But if you uh, you 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 you've been avoiding it for a while. They were going to do something to make you want to maybe tr- jump in and give it another shot because they've added lots of patches, lots of changes, and they want mm-hmm. you to give it a try. From May 9th to May 20th, the game will be free to play again for a little while. And this is post a lot of the, the big updates, including the job system and stuff. So you'll be able to just uh, log in and play for free. Um, 
and uh, that, that's it. Uh, and they Are also, you going to go in the second half of that? Uh, they also announced a model. So this is interesting. If you've been a subscriber during this new this period where they brought the subscription fees back for at least 90 days, if you subscribe for at least 90 days, when version 2 of the game comes out, you will be able to lock in at a lower subscription rate of 9.99. So you'll be uh you'll be so that's your reward for being a subscriber during this time. And no. you'll get an in-game chocobo mount. So that is their legacy campaign. Their free-to-play thing is called their Welcome Back campaign. So that's their big now, PR release this to week. To be clear, they can, you can still do that. Yes, you could join up and, and, and sign up right now for a subscription to Final Fantasy XIV for 90 days, and then you will also be eligible for the nine ninety nine rate when the game goes live and the Chocobo. So if, you wanna, so if you want to spend 30 bucks basically, to get a Chocobo and a little bit lower subscription rate that will take a little while to... Mo- to amortize. If you pay so. for six months, then you'll get your money back. Right, but who knows that you'll want to play it. Maybe you still won't like it. Right? I don't know. 2.0 looks awesome. Hmm. Uh, me and Mike are interested in checking it out during the free period, right? Yep. So we're going to... You know, Except I'll, he's going on a boat. I'll try it for free. Well, I won't be able to try it till like May 15th or so, so I'll only get a few days there that I get to try it. But still. And, uh, yeah. I kind of want the Chocomo out, but... I, f- I assume there are other ways to get chocobo mounts, so you kind of don't need to do it. It's this, probably a but... special chocobo mount. Yeah. Do I really need a special chocobo mount by taking a $30 gamble on a game I already decided I didn't like? Hmm. You didn't like the last iteration. Right. So this I'll make a decision after this free-to-play period, then. I gotta do something, because I'm probably done with 11. Oh, really? I can't find anything to do. Don't they keep adding stuff? No. They added more Void Watch. And I, well, you could help uh, me get gear. Why? I don't know. I, don't I've been play. asking you that ge- question. Like, what's the point of getting all this gear? You never do any high-end monster content. Well, I did all the high-end monster hunts. I've done them all. Well, what about that um, that new stuff, Void Walk, Void stuff? Yeah, I did all that. Oh, I'm done. Okay. You've beaten all the monsters. Yeah. Oh, congrats. The problem you is you have Final to beat them 11. a bunch. I know, finally, after eight oh, years. Wait, why do you have to beat them a bunch? Because they don't drop anything. Oh, so you haven't gotten the drops, you've just beaten them. I've beaten them like five times each, and now I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to do it anymore. Well, I think I you should put to. it in the completed game thread and say you beat Final Fantasy XI then. All right, I'll do that. I think you should do that. Since I ran out of stories. You probably put more effort into Since, it than anybody else on the site. Um, <laughs> we don't count MMOs. Oh, but he did all the story content. Come on. Yeah, I don't care what people count. It's my, my freaking thing. I'll do what I want. You have to go and edit it yeah. yourself. Anyway, so. I will. <laughs> They're going to disqualify you from the post for putting it I in. I really That's don't care. If That's a semantic thing. That's stupid anyway. I, I think, I don't think they would actually do that. Because you've never participated before, you're going to do one that... Oh, I'm sorry, I haven't? No. Guys, stop no. making everything an argument. Be happy. We want to no, love loving No, she's going to say here. dumb crap, then I'm going to say she's let's wrong. Let's love loving things. Let's love the fact that we're done with news, and we can Where's talk my pheromone about... pheromone darts? Wait, what? I need my pheromone darts. I don't know what you're talking about now. There they are. I need to shoot pigs with pheromone darts, and I couldn't find my darts. I don't know 
It's for later tonight, after the podcast. I guess so. I have no idea what he's talking about. Um, Mike, what have you been playing? Give us, uh, give us your not playing. I'm playing Terra. Right now? Yeah. That's oh. why I need my pheromone darts. Okay. Whoops, I pissed off a fairy. Okay, so that's why I'm playing. Uh, the open beta for Terra started on Thursday, so I got up to level 12. Now I'm almost 14. Um... That's about it, really. Okay. Anything, um, anything else you've been playing? No. What What else would I do? I don't know. I don't have That's time. I go to work. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Anna, I mean, what have you been playing this week? Hello? Um... Problem is, is I don't think I've been playing anything that I haven't talked about before. Uh, it's like I've been playing Double Survivor Two. I've been playing Puzzler World. I've been playing World of Warcraft. Um, anything new on any of these? No. Okay. I got into the Missa Pandaria beta. I got into the Diablo Three beta. And yeah. Nothing, nothing new game-wise. Just a lot of the same. Everyone's in the Diablo two and Diablo three beta this weekend, right? Yeah. 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 Well, no, I I got it up, like last week. Just forgot to mention it. Yeah, but if anyone wants to it's jump open in now, beta this weekend. Yeah, absolutely, everybody. Alrighty. Um, let's see. What did I play, Anna? I played Terra. I played some of that with Michael. We've been leveling in that, but we talked about it in the past, and there's no real you difference. They added a prologue. Golf and still suck. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't talk about the prologue since you thought it was so weird. I I don't think it's newsworthy. <laughs> I mean, okay, we're not doing newsworthy. We're doing crap you play. I guess it had such a little impact on me. It didn't impress me very much. But they they added a little prologue to Terra. So yeah. You play a little prologue that acts as a little tutorial, gives you some backstory, and uh, then then they jump you right back in the game, starting where uh, you used to start in the uh, earlier betas. Am I missing something? No, never mind. Oh, okay. I thought it felt a little bit tacked on, the story the integration that they did with this little prologue. It seemed like something they added for the US version, but I don't really know. It's hard to be sure for something like that. It's sure, from what I read, it sure sounded that way. Yeah, but they were like, we added this, hoping that it would help you guys get right into battle. Because I think the number one the response they got back from the closed betas were, "Wow, I went to the Island Dawn. This is the most boring place I've ever been to." I, and I can agree. This with game that. is boring, yeah. and the Island of Dawn is like two hours too long. All right, so what this prelude is is they jump you in at a level twenty character. You go help out um, with this big battle with one of the main um, focuses of the storyline later on. And you, you're basically, you're... when you started the game before, you heard about all about the first expedition and they got wiped out. So now you actually get to play the first expedition. Yeah. And, and oddly enough, you get wiped out. And somehow you get wiped out, but you still live. <laughs> they somehow recovered you. It was, you, it was you, merely a flesh wound. You got better, but instead of being level 20, you're level 1 again. So your injuries they, took they a toll. They samused you. It's yeah. okay. And... Uh, <laughs> And then you go back to the Isle of Dawn and 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 start at level one. And so it's 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 it's, it's, it's a cheap way of getting you to try higher level combat. The That's thing what. I thought was great was you can only do one character in open beta, 
So I've noticed a lot of people just going through that tutorial to find out, hey, how does my character play at 20? That's a good idea. Wow. That's a very so smart idea. that's what a lot of people have been doing. All right. Makes sense. Hmm. So you could do that right now. Open uh, Terra's beta is open right now. So just terra.nmas.com. I think it's just until Sunday at midnight, so do do it quick. I thought it was a long-term open beta. No, because this is it before the head start. Okay. There you go. Um, and that's... Uh, I also played uh, more golf. I keep progressing on Hot Shots Golf, but I got nothing new to tell you there. Oh, I beat Journey last night. Well, I played through and beat Journey, and what a wonderful game. <sighs> what a magical experience. It, it was fantastic. Um, I, I'm kind of wanting to read some, some other people's thoughts on kind of the story symbolism stuff going on there, but, uh, you know, that's not that important. It's just a super fun game, and I highly recommend it, and you've heard that before from other podcasts, I'm sure. Um, and totally worth it. I, I love Flower and I love Journey, so take that with a grain of salt if you don't kind of love those um, really short but intense, cool experiences. I don't know what to say. Uh, let's see. What you're supposed to Mr. Talk Quinn. About you like. You don't need to Tim prove everything. First. Say what? I said you're just trying to talk about what you like. You're not trying to prove to everyone that what you did was the best ever. Okay. John, do you got anything for us? Uh, same crap as last week, actually. Super Robot Wars or something? <laughs> yeah, still in Super Robot Wars. And City of Heroes. Well, that's actually. usually a good bet with you. Just like some sort yeah, of Super Robot Wars. Well, I mean, what? The latest one came out two weeks ago, and I've been playing it ever since. It's kind it's of a given like now. Like that the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if if they release a game, I'm I'm usually inclined to buy it. I. Actually, works. out of all of the ones that they've released since, like, 2005, I think I've only missed, like, two. And that's something like 11 games or something. Maybe. I'd actually, have to, go and, I'd actually have to go and check. Um, the, the only other additional thing I've been playing is I tried the uh, Diablo 3 beta. But I probably What's haven't played, played enough of it to form any kind of concrete opinion on it. I thought it was like an hour or two. Hour or two what? I thought that's all it was in the beta. It was like the first part, so it's like an hour or two. Yeah, it's up two. to level 10. Yep. Yeah. 13. Uh, okay. It's 13 now. Uh, uh, that, that's what it actually lists on the thing, 13. Right. Well, the point is you run out of quests around level 10, so... No. Well, there you go. You get apparently you get some kind of achievement applied to your Battle.net account though if you get a character to thirteen and during the beta period. Oh, but that's neat. only for like kind of like achieve. There is actually, I I actually had a, a kind of browse through the list and there is actually a, uh, you know, there's actually is a, a, a pretty complete set of achievements, including one for getting all of the other ones. You know, similar to the platinum trophy on. PSN. And they also lock a banner banner award, like stuff to customize your banner, which is like yeah. really the only form of character customization in that game. Can you play as a monk now? Yes. Is that you can play data? as all okay. five, you can play as all five character classes. Okay. I should. Try I was that. playing as I was playing as a monk just now. Sweet. I might give that a um, try this weekend. But yeah, it mostly it, it, uh, to me, I haven't played Diablo since the first one. I skipped the second one, and yeah, just going around punching skeletons. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you skipped the second one. Yes. That's the wrong one to skip. 
I skipped the second one for two reasons. First reason was I was majorly burned out on uh, Diablo at the time. I'd been because I played the first one on Battle.net. It was oh. one, of the, one of the first games I played, like one of the first multiplayer games I remember you went playing. That. Okay, then. And I played it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. And by the time uh, by the time Diablo two came out, it was kind of like, huh, I'm yeah. kind of done with this. Wow. The other problem was I did actually buy Diablo two, and I brought it home. I updated it to the current version, and then every time I subsequently tried to run the game, it told me that it gave me a CD error. Like, it's just stopped working. Weird. I, just, I couldn't play it online, and it just stopped. Well, now you can put your key into Battle.net and just download a version. That'll yeah, work. except I this was back in the day when you could actually still return PC games to the store. Oh. Which is exactly what I did. Oh. I think it's like 20 bucks. That's... You can find it for less than that if you. You can find it. it for much less than that, I know. But it's kind of like, I, well, I what's in their the... store? Well, yeah, I... but I, I mean, now it's kind of like, it's well, with game, Diablo though. three round the corner, and the fact that I already have a copy of it thanks to the World of Warcraft online pass. It's, such a it's kind game. of like, you know, why bother buying through, two? Just to run through and see the story and all that stuff. Oh, oh I can look that up online. Jeez. Oh, it's, it's fun to play. No, it's not. It's old. Play something new. No. Oh, well. All right. So you're into Diablo 3. I'm not into Diablo 3. I say I didn't have... <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. You you experienced Diablo 3. Yeah. And reserving the... judgment for later. I'm reserving judgment until I've played more of it. Okay. Fair enough. Because I think the general perception of it is kind of like, well, it's a, it's another procedurally generated... Dungeon crawler, where you basically punch, go around punching skeletons all the time. I'm not heavily invested in the lore of Diablo, for example. Okay, but eh, that's is just me. Persistent lore. There is. Yeah. Yeah. I figured there had to be. Yeah. There's. Uh... Well, they, it, it, there's so much lore there that they decided before Diablo three to kind of comb it through it, groom it a little bit, retcon a couple things, and so they released a new book. That's got the new, updated, and complete lore for the game now, called Book of Cain. So I don't have to play it; I can just go buy the book. You can uh, if you really uh, want to. Yeah. Those games, oh, I think that's more like a mechanics game. That's more about context than it is about story. Sort of like Gears of War. Uh, yeah. It's more about context and story. I tell you though, I had so much fun reading through like the Diablo manual and playing and seeing all the lore in the game, then the Diablo two manual and playing and seeing all the lore and stuff in the game. Oh, and the Book of Cain. Oh, you must have loved reading that. I haven't read that yet. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, uh, what? Um, uh, the other thing is, um, it probably won't be something I'll be able to talk about until next week. But okay. uh, my my copy of uh, Disgaea Three on the Vita arrived about an hour before the podcast started. Okay. <laughs> so, it arrived. I, I, oh, you didn't download it? Uh, no, I bought a. I bought a. Bought a physical copy of it. Got it. Squishy. Wasn't very expensive. So. How much you pay? Uh, what was it? Thirty quid. Yeah. Okay. So. Right, I figured. Um, but yeah, no, since I've only literally, like, sort of put it in my Vita and started it up, and that's Did it. you play Diablo 3 on the PS3? Diablo 3 on the PS3? Did, Did you, you play Disgaea, Disgaea 3 on the PS3? Uh, I personally didn't, although the household does own it. Okay. <laughs> so you won't be able to give me a good, this is better than the PS3, this is worse than Generally, the PS3. based on my experiences with Disgaea and Disgaea 2 on 
consoles versus handhelds, the handhelds have usually been better because they've been made after them. But enough to rebuy the game? Uh, really, well, I mean, in my case, because I'm not rebuying the game. I can, I, can sort ah. of, I, can, I can borrow the game off my housemate and play it, right. sure. But I haven't actually spent any money on it. So I have now spent money on it. And they don't have any game. sort of pre-order bonuses or collector's bundles with that one, do they? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. See, that's why I buy the PS3 games, because they come with cool goodies. And then the Vita games think... come out, or the port of PSP games come out, whichever, and they're like better versions of the game. And it's really well, I remember frustrating. my, I think it was when my, my housemate imported um, Disgaea 2 PSP from the US uh, Nisa store yeah. um, before it came out in Europe. And I think that was the version that came with a uh, uh, Prini Lahal plushie. Mm, nice. Which I think did come with that version. So. All right. I also have a I also have a, a Prinny plushie, but oh, I know I didn't get it. I, I didn't remember get it with, a, uh... with the with the in the U.S. with the Vita version, you get a cleaning cloth, a six inch by six inch cleaning cloth with the Disguise Three cast on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering how much you need to clean the screen sometimes, I think that's probably <laughs> Could be useful. useful. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, is that everybody? Oh, Manny, Manny, did, what did you yes, play? Yes, yes. Uh, beat Crisis Two last week. Good job. On Sunday or something, I think. Good ending. Bad ending. Good game. I, th- game. I thought it was one of the better shooters I played in a while. I mean, I have no idea what the story was. It was like a. It felt like a, <laughs> a Michael Bay movie. I have no clue what happened. No what, clue. Were the f- but, explosions fun at least? Yeah, it was, and that's exactly what I wanted. Like every battle was interesting. I can approach it any way I wanted to. Um, I think because I played, I just came off of playing Bioshock Two. That playing like an okay shooter like Crisis that actually does handles its shooting competently. I was like, man, it was probably a lot more fun than I was expecting for, for for like for those two reasons. For reason number one, that I was just coming off playing Bioshock Two, and number two, I was on a, I was a bit on a power armor trip, just like playing lots of games with lots of cool power, different kind of variations of power armor. That's a personal conversation I can get into that we can get into some other time okay. while I'm on a power armor trip. But yeah, but for those two reasons, I had a lot of fun playing with the, the power suit and the power armor and the different mechanics and coming off of Bioshock and having a lot of freedom, and just some fun, competent shooting and being pretty. I, I really enjoyed it. And so uh, this this week I've been playing, now that I finished Crisis 2, I started from Mission 4. Do you not like... Michael uh. doesn't like. I don't like the way it bounces back to stories. It's just I can't keep tracks for that long. I think the bigger I think I think the bigger problem. My problem with the, it, it's a it's a deeply flawed game. It really is. Mm. Um, for for yeah. one, re- it's interesting to think that From Mission Three had has better production values than From Mission Four does. And oh, I yeah. don't mean like just like graphical quality. I mean they put more money and time and effort making From Mission Three than they did From Mission Four. Hmm. I mean, it has lower production values. Like, relatively speaking, it has lower quality production values. It seems like a far more rushed title. I mean, it's basically like a PS... Like an up... Okay, I'm talking like PS2 generation, but it's basically a next-gen from Mission 3. But... I mean, you know, they they brought it to the next generation, but it's like basically the same format. You know, it's still talking heads. But worse, they had like a lot of poor decisions. The team that made this game made a lot of poor decisions. Like the, for example, the font. It's just difficult to read. 
this sort of like mm-hmm. this really like narrow font, like this sort of like grayed out the gray text on like a brown backgrounds. They're just awkward and difficult to read. Uh, menus buried within menus buried within menus. Like say I want to equip, say I'm in the store and I want to equip uh, a weapon that I had, that I uh, or like a a body type that I want that I have in my stock, so I can buy this because like. I want to buy these arms, but these arms are too heavy for this current body, so I'm going to equip this body I already have in stock. I'll have to exit out of the shop, go into my 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 setup menu, equip the thing, go back into the shop, buy the – oh, wait, wait. These actually don't fit. I need to go get the other body. Okay, exit out of the shop, go back into the thing, equip the other body, go back into the shop. It's it, it's a deeply flawed game. Of course, the one thing it does improve on over from Mission Three is uh, the battle system. Like the the link battles are far more interesting than they were from Mission. So like, in one fight, I can link my Vanzers, like three other Vanzers, and in- I just thought that that kind of broke it. Did it? Yeah, I was like, oh, I can just link all the time, and then it's like, oh, instant death. Okay, I'm done. But it uh, just seemed to make it too easy. A lot of the, but I think this was to appease hardcore from mission fans because uh, it seems like a lot of the people who, pl- who didn't like a lot of the hardcore from mission people were, who were there for one two alternative, they uh-huh. didn't enjoy three because they stripped out a lot of those mechanics. They made it too newcomer friendly. Oh yeah, it was it was all just shoot stuff, and use a lot of missiles. That's all three really was use a lot of missiles. So so this one went too far the other direction. It, it, I find it interesting though. I mean. Some of these enemies will kill you like a couple of shots. So if you don't link up together to make your attacks effective, I know it just seemed like that was the point. It's like the only thing you're going to do is if you plan to do it, you have one tactic: to link up and kill. It's like uh, okay, otherwise. But it makes you play me. in an interesting way, though. Like you, you position your units in such a way that everyone has a clear line of fire and they can all attack with that one hit. Yeah, it's I don't know. It seemed like too much setup and not enough. Let's have some fun with it. I think that's the problem with the story too. As there's a lot of yeah. there's too much setup. <laughs> a lot. I, I'm, I'm like prep, 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 and then wow, that's it. That's no, what I get. <laughs> I'm like ten hours in so far, and mm-hmm. I there's I I'm at the point where Durandal is still invest. We still don't even know who the enemy is. We're still just thinking there's something going on. What is it? Something bad is happening. Oh no! We better You're investigate like- some more. How much more can I investigate before I need to do It's been stuff? 10 hours, and we're still at the investigation <laughs> phase. And not even that, though. Like in the Because uh, Michael's right. There's two stories. Uh, there's uh, You play as a Durandal. Op- Durandal's like this uh, the uh, European unions. Basically, they have like a uh, Vanzer Research Corps that researches Vanzer tactics and uh, technology. And they're doing an independent investigation of some attack on some German bases. And then there's another story where you're some deserters from the, the – uh, Combined Americas, like Amer- Central America, North America, and South America are like one unified state now. So you're a, a troop from the, the, from, the Amer- from the U.S. The USN, United- yeah. you know, I guess they call it the UCS here, the United Continental States. And uh, apparently oh, yeah. Venezuela, the state of Venezuela has declared liberation from the UCS. So you're down there to try to stop the governor from breaking free. And while you're doing this, you're with these three F-up soldiers who end up st- stealing the governor's gold stash that he stole from the people. And they're trying to escape. So I'm still at the phase where I'm trying to escape the continent. And I'm still at the phase where still something bad's going on. But I don't know what. I think the Germans are But it's are bad. <laughs> yeah, the Germans are involved. They're always involved. I know it sounds like I hate the game, but the, strangely enough, though, I'm still having fun with the. I'm still having a lot of fun with it, just because I think it scratches an itch that hasn't been scratching a long time. I, 
you know what? Now that I have to, now that I'm articulating with another person, I'm thinking like, man, there's a lot of things I don't like. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like the Vanzer setup, I think is so awkward. It's so hard to compare one piece of equipment to another piece of equipment and know if you're actually putting something better on. Mm-hmm. And the Vanzers, they look so ugly and muddled that they don't have a sense of identity. Like I remember in From Mission Three, I never the the um you know the main unit that uh, uh, Kazuki has the Zenislev or something. Yeah. I love that Vanzer so much. I never took it apart, or uh, and I never uh, mixed and matched pieces with that one. I, I thought it was great through the entire game, and I kept it whole because I love the identity of the machine. I and you can I upgrade it and make it better. Legs. I thought the legs were really bad, and that was. You can upgrade it. them though later on. You can uh, get the movement. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like I got rid of them. I did. They were just in storage, and then when yeah, I but upgrade- even that's the thing. Even when you got better Vanzers, you just kept it in storage. Here, these, oh, yeah. these Vanzers have no identity. They they, they all kind of look the same. They're, they're hard to distinguish well, what they really look you're like. you're 10 hours in, too. I mean, they do get a little better. But but even at this initial point, there's nothing I can point to and say, oh, here's the guy in this fans. Right? But like, there was that one, I think it was like the, the Kesev or something. The key, it was like this like sort the of key, round head body. And remember the one that would hit people? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That punching one. As soon as I saw that, I went, oh, crap. I would instantly. I know, you're like, and, and it was always with the same military. And you're like, oh, man, these things suck. Exactly. I mean, I'm playing this far in, and I haven't re- this, like. I'll be like, I guess that looks like a shooty. I, I only recognize them by what they're holding. Yeah. When in Front Mission Three, they had a strong military identity. Everybody had the same kind of style, and you had a couple support that were a little off. But in general, you're like, oh, I get to fight the punchy army this time, or I get to fight the missile army oh, this time. Yeah. Like later on, and, with the imagine numbers, they had like that 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 one of the really oh. skinny arms that would punch you. And as soon as I you know. saw that, and you're like, you in- how did you punch me? <laughs> With those little skinny arms, but it hurts so know, bad. It's true because and, that, I, that game had that identity right away, right away. Yeah, and this one, it's kind of like, well, it, it, it's more like we had a bunch of Vonders, and there they are, and, well, they just, they're all red. Kind okay. of. They're all kind of gray and muddy. Oh, are, and, the, yeah. and the colors, I think it suffers even more because of the color saturation. It's, it's, it's like I'm looking at an old, uh, worn, like those kind of, like a, an old parchment map that's been in the sun mm-hmm. too long. Mm-hmm. All- They're all faded, and I mean, I I understand because you really shouldn't be running around the military in a bright purple bronzer, but it's still like, eh. It gave us my identity. Huh? Yeah, I know. I mean, the purple haze you're talking about, right? Yeah. So, it- and I'm just like, I don't see how you sneak through a jungle as the purple haze, but you know, other than that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I just didn't like 4. It showed in my review, and that's pretty much... I was like, eh. That's right, I read your review. I was going back, and I said, I wonder what RP Gamer had to say about this. And I saw, like, oh, Michael reviewed it. He's the official staff reviewer. <laughs> yeah, and it, I did not like it. Um, um, sorry, Manny. Are you, I was just, actually, you've just actually reminded me of something else I was playing this week, but please continue. Oh, I'll just say really quickly. Interestingly enough, though, I don't... As much as I don't... There's a lot of things I don't like about it. I, I'm still going to see it through to the end. I mean, there's still enough there that's going to probably carry me forward, even at, like unlike Michael, where I had to review it, so I had to p- play it to completion. So I, I had think, to play it. <laughs> well, would you have finished it if you didn't have to? It's tough. I probably would have just because, like you said, what else can I play like it? Yeah. And so for that reason, I would have, but I never really was like, man, I can't wait to go play more Front Mission 4. I was actually half the time thinking, I can't wait to play more Fort Mission 3. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm reading Hardcore Gaming 101, and I'm reading what they did for From Mission 5 based on like the reactions to From Mission 4. And it, it's so funny that Square Enix can release a game that was this rushed and this poorly marketed and just not very good and say, clearly Americans don't want to play this, these games. Clearly, we don't like Front Mission. Let's not release the good one that actually <laughs> that's actually the best in the series. Let's not do that one. Especially actually the one has... where you didn't really release Front Mission 1 in the first place. And then we got the crappy DS thing. And oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, Thrive would have been great to like, okay, so you played that. So now go back and here's, here's all of it put together. So at least you don't feel like you really missed anything. And it's just me, but the camera angles. I feel like the camera never gets in close enough to the combat. In four or in one? Yeah. In four. It's like a, I'm like watching the battle from a blimp. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I thought you could zoom in a little, but still, yeah, it's pretty far up. But I will admit, though, like that first uh, mobile armor fight, or what's it called, a mobile Vanzer, like the big big walking four-legged tank thing, and I took that thing down, and I I felt pretty good about that, so. The first real boss battle, basically? Yeah, basically. Yeah. The boss battles are fun, but like you said, again, you're linking up or you're hopeless, so. Pretty much. There you go, people. And last week they said we didn't talk about RPGs. There you go. All right. <laughs> there your your retro RPG moment because there was no podcast back in two thousand three or four. But um, I hear there was one in nineteen ninety eight. What? I don't know what she's talking about. So someone in the chat room says something about having Pokemon news. Uh, Silk Tail has Pokemon news from Nintendo Direct. Oh. There was a Nintendo press conference last night. There was? Yeah, they live-streamed the whole thing. I didn't know. I wish I would have watched it. All right. What's the news, Silktail? I think there was a Pokemon uh, Black and White 2 trailer. That's not news. That's a trailer. Uh, it's like news. It's, it's Nintendo details news. It's like about news it. except not. Yes. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a Kirby uh, Super right. Collection. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They said it. eShop is getting a Pokemon AR shooting game where you catch them with a beam. Unlocks Pokemon in Black and White 2. Plus there's Pokedex 3D Pro, which will cover all Pokemon. I'm waiting for when this sounds good. Well, I mean, it's announcements at least. Something. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to be excited, but... Try harder. Uh... Okay. So, uh, sorry, can I just interject again yeah what's yours yeah, go back to what you were thinking oh yeah. what i was thinking was because uh, um well considering the main story plot focus of front mission in a way um i was playing armored core 5 this week how's that series doing uh what's interesting actually is when you were mentioning like when you when you kind of like sat down and reflected on your time with um uh front mission you were thinking like hey actually i did actually dislike quite a lot of things about this um it's like I think um, yeah, Armored Core 5 particularly does a, a number of things right. Um, the, the customization aspect, which I think arguably has always been the strongest part of the Armored Core series, is still there in force. And there's you know probably not quite as much as it was in Armored Core 4A, which had things like individually tuning your gyro stabilizers so you could cause your entire unit to kind of lean ever so slightly to the left because of weight distribution. 
Uh, I think they've they've scaled back a little bit on that, but there's still kind of like numbers and graphs everywhere. Um, and um, it, that that's 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 the good bit. And uh, you know, the, the, like the, the the mecha customization and being able to take out something onto the field that's you can kind of feel like something that you've built and worked on and and reacts in a in a way to your like playstyle is brilliant. Uh, the only problem is it, there are two problems with it. The first one is the plot is flimsy, for lack of better explanation. Um, and uh, Armored Core Five has a kind of rather strange, uh, like multiplayer integration aspect to it. Oh, is it the um, one where you create like clans or clan groups? Yeah, you basically, you basically, uh, the, the the thing does have an offline mode. But the entire thing kind of hooks into this online system where you you create your your pilot and then you create you can either create a team or sign up to one that already exists, and half of the um, like uh, things that you have access to then are not just the, the kind of regular missions that you'd have access to in a regular armored core game, but also things like kind of territory control with the other teams that are online. Um, and also the ability that when you start just about any mission, you can have um, like you can hire mercenaries onto your team so you can engage with the, the story missions, for example, with somebody else from some other team and who's in a completely different mecha to yours and the customization is completely different. I think it I think how much you get out of Armored Core Five kind of really depends on how much you kind of like that customization aspect. Um I would I would kind of only really recommend it to people who kind of really enjoy mecha games, but I don't know if you enjoy like numbers a lot and graphs. I like numbers. Numbers are awesome. You might like it too. I want to there's a lot of numbers game. in there's a lot of numbers in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Is that? So yeah. Sorry. No. Just just Manny talking about front mission reminded me of that, and I yeah, was actually playing yeah, that this yeah, week. So. Cool. Yeah. No one can complain that we didn't talk about RPGs on the RPG cast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Lots Japanese ones at that. Japanese RPGs. Because the They're Japanese not RPGs dead. need to be saved. Yes. We need a yes. Savior. As evident by me playing a, like an almost decade old game. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, right. yeah. Oh. Oh. They do need to be saved. It's oh. you, Manny. It's okay. Mm. Okay. Kickstarter will save us. Echoes of Eternity. That'll be the new game to ride us to a new generation. Oh, Grim Dawn. Grim Dawn has a new <sighs> Kickstarter. Do you see that? No, I don't know Grim Dawn. What's Grim Dawn? Is that exciting? Grim Dawn is the fourth uh, uh, point-and-click action RPG coming out this year. The fourth? Behind Diablo 3, Torchlight 2, Path of Exile, and they're doing a the Kickstarter. Grim Dawn is um, the lead system designer of uh, Titan Quest, formed a studio from former Titan Quest people, oh. and they're building a game called Grim Dawn. Now they're trying to get some Kickstarter support to start... Uh, that seems like... To- Poorly timed, but okay. Oh, it's an open world action RPG. Oh. Okay, they're half funded in in just a few days. It's and they only need they're they're gonna make a Linux port before they make a Mac port. Mac port. That's kind of weird. Okay. So if I want a Mac version, everyone donate nine nine hundred twenty five thousand. Eighteen bucks is the minimum buy in to get the game for that one. If you're wondering. Just search for Grim Dawn Kickstarter on Google and you'll find it. It's strange. They don't even really talk about the character classes anywhere. Oh, that's I'm funny. like trying to figure out what the character classes are. And it sounds like there isn't really one. It's sort of you pick a guy and then you pick a bunch of tree skills from different trees and build a guy a la carte. Mm, cart. Hmm. Okay. 
There you go. Uh, oh, really yeah. quick before I forget, Jeez. the one good thing about from <laughs> mission show four, won't four, end. Yeah. Oh, fine. <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say really quickly is the is the I, I do like the pilot system is better. The pilot computers okay. now it feels more like an RPG right. because you get points after every battle and. Then, you had to kill have more mission three. It's very important that we debate this now. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> we'll talk about it next. Not to you had the skill set where they gain class levels. Oh, they have like more defined roles and classes. Like you have a gunner and you have a a healer. Yeah, I, they have like okay, I want this chick to shoot missiles, so she's going to get good in missiles. But I then you'd like have to spend so to. much time in the simulator trying to hoping for the no, random. No, I just no in three. Yeah. He just went for it and said, okay, she's going to class B at this point. I don't care. Mm. All right, it's we'll not like about A gave me that much more of a damage increase. Hmm. So, okay, so are we done, Chris? No, you getting us out of here? I have a slight follow-up to you on this Grim Dawn Kickstarter. Yeah, what about um, they, uh, They're mentioning that they've been working on the game for two years already. <laughs> so what's the Kickstarter for? To make um, sure they can finish. Additional funds, yeah. I mean, funds. the thing that makes me a little hanky about this is they've been running pre-orders on their site for over a year. So I kind of feel like they're double dipping in their audience. It's oh, like you've already bought the game, but um, what? can what, you Grim still Dawn? donate to us? Yeah. They've had pre-orders? Yeah. Oh. They've had pre-orders for more than a year. You know what their argument is, though? It's like, hey, if you're going to buy this game later, that's cool. But consider buying it now, so it's a better here, experience. Here, let me read this. Here, they've got a statement, guys. They've got a statement, guys. Guys, they've You're got not... a statement. Here. Okay. Grim Dawn couldn't happen if we weren't willing to start this project with no funding and work for the past two and a half years without any pay. Nice double negative. Uh, it also couldn't happen if the other developers who have contributed over the years weren't willing to donate some of their free time on nights and weekends to create art and animations for us. It is still true today that the only reason Grim Dawn can continue to happen is that we're still willing and able to keep working on pay. So I don't think it is fair for people to say that a project that is to say a project that isn't started because no one was willing to put any work into it without full funding first is more worthy than a project that had the dedication to start that people had the dedication to start themselves without money. I'm not knocking on any of the other projects. I can appreciate those other stools have employees to support and maybe can't afford to invest free time into a new project, but I also don't think we should be penalized because we did. So he's saying they've been working for free for two years. And now they want to they need money now. Um I'm still trying to find that. I don't know what they're using it for, but something. Because they want to get paid, and yo. Again, it isn't like they haven't been making no money over the last two years. Because, well, no, again, no, no. Where they've the pre-orders had pre-orders to this game for ages. On their site? Pre-orders don't yeah. pay you. Yeah, pre-orders usually don't pay you. That's why they're pre-orders. Because okay. you can get your money back. Unless it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's being treated like a donation. Why is there no PayPal support? On Kickstarter, because PayPal is stupid. Yeah, I don't know. They aren't willing to work with Kickstarter. Oh They're wait, more- Kickstarter does their their payments through Amazon. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. because PayPal won't unbend. PayPal sucks, honestly. <sighs> Try working know. with them. Ugh, I don't want to. <laughs> There's so many other people I'd wear the work. I, if it came down to PayPal and click and buy, I'd have to have a serious long thought process before. How about PayPal and WeWare? <laughs> oh. oh. Mm, probably. <laughs> I'd actually get money out of PayPal. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Bazing. Oh, here we go. How will Kickstarter money be used? Oh, it's long. Um, don't read it on the show. I, yeah. 
So it is. They're going to bring on some of their part-time people full-time and guarantee them money. So basically, they're going to use it to pay people to do even more work for the game is the long and short for it. It's going to move the development along, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, they have two full-time people. They're going to try to hire like four or five or something. Okay. That, that, there we go. So that's what, that's what Grim Dawn's money for. Well, I was just like worried it was quest, another one of on. like uh, that Classic Heroes 2 thing where the game's happening anyway. You know? Oh, all right. Fair enough. Which, mm. by the way... Let's check on that. It's stalled. It's like not even 20% funded, I don't 18% think. 18% funded, five yeah. days left. That project yeah, ain't they're... going anywhere. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Let me put on my surprise face. Oh, surprise. Oh, my gosh. I'm now, so surprised. If Giant Bomb on the last day said, all right, guys, we need this funded, maybe they can make something happen. Yeah, but, but giant short bomb of some, yeah, well, they're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know what's also not going to get funded? What? Uh, the biggest AAA game on iOS ever. Oh, Republic. Yeah. Uh, that's still got a ways to go. Uh, it's eighty thousand right now. Oh boy, twenty days left. Only sixteen percent funded. That's too bad. And I heard more about that. That that sucks for them because um, what they had. So did they're you guys funding. Well, I'm second? talking. I'm talking. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Their funding for for Republic was like uh they got like outside funding, but they needed to raise five hundred thousand from Kickstarter before the outside funding would also come in and kick Ooh. in. So they're gonna lose their outside funding if they don't get their Kickstarter funded. That sucks. That um, seems like a really bad way to well, get your funding. It was the way to prove to the outside investors that there was interest in the game. I think the worst part is he, he was trying yeah. to bank too much on the fact that he worked on Kojima Productions and Halo. So you don't really, really like what did he do on uh, Metal Gear except like he he consulted on the control scheme. He's banking too much on people caring this much about an iOS only game. I, I, there's too many. There's too many wrong things with this thing. Too yeah. much money. I, I think the game would be studio. awesome if they made it. It's gonna cost ninety nine cents. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollar quick starter for ninety nine cent game. Uh, it's probably not a ninety-nine cent game. It'll probably be like a a real priced game, but okay. like ten bucks. I, that's what I would expect. Uh, again, then we get into the argument of who's going to spend ten dollars on an iOS game. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. Uh, Infinity it's Blade. A, it's a much more finite market than the Infinity people. Infinity Blade made over twenty. I am million still dollars. impressed that Republic did one thing that no one else can do. They got well, guarantees from Apple that they could give away free codes for people who donated. Well, to I don't know if they're guaranteed. It sounded kind of sketchy when they said that. Well, they, that's, all right. That's what they've asserted, and you, you saw I tweeted at them, too. And that, I don't know. We, well, we can't go to deals yet. Apple representatives were kind enough to sit down with Alexi and I explain a few distribution options to us. Oh. Ooh, that's less, that's less guaranteed than I thought. You know what I think they're going to do? I Whoa. think they're going to hand out iTunes gift cards. For $10 <laughs> iTunes gift cards. I'm not joking. I think that's what they're going to do. But that would be that would eat up all the pledges. They don't care. They don't need this to work. They just need people to put money into it to show that to get the money from the other investors. Oh my gosh, it's clever. But it's not working anyway. Oh, that yeah. is so clever. Everyone donates and- 10 bucks, they get a $10 gift card. The Kickstarter funds are even, but it shows there's interest in the game. Oh Not only that, no, it isn't even because you get a fair amount. Yeah, you lose thirty okay. percent because of tax and Amazon or something. You're right. Um, well, but, but number one, the you the get charts. people. Sorry, I talked over Manny and I didn't hear. Oh, I was just saying you go, you get to the top of the iOS charts, and then from there you get even more sales because it's yep. number one on the front page. Yep. Yeah, because you're giving away all those copies. Um, oh wow. 
one, just because you're funded doesn't mean you're getting all the money because there are lots of people that their credit card or whatever payment option they have on there. Yeah, but they don't get a they don't get a gift card then. So that takes them out of the payout. So do you think Uh, it's just like a one time? You also have to pay taxes on it. And there and I I already said that I said that taxes and Amazon fees. You're right. Uh, and potentially legal fees. Ooh. Look what happened with um. I think the uh, the one the one Kickstarter to actually go open and public about this is Star Command. Yeah, yeah they discussed how the way that they broke everything down. They said they spent too much on lawyers. Oh, and then not even lawyers. that prize. Most of the money was prize redemption. Yeah, out of uh, sixty thousand, they got eighteen thousand. Um, I see two Star Commands. Star Command, a sci-fi comedy web series. iOS. All right, Star, Star Command for iOS, 36,967 pledged. Right, they got slightly less than half, I think. Okay. Uh, actually, I can tell you right now, I, ha- I have the update right here. Okay, yeah, I saw a breakdown of it, I think, a couple days ago. Okay, okay, so they got 36, okay, they got 35K um, after Amazon took their cut, they got 32, Amazon and Kickstarter took their cut, they got 32,000. Okay, now right off the top, we had 10,000 for price fulfillment. That includes printing posters and shirts and shipping everything. Thanks, Australia. Shipping is killer. And the problem is, is I think people don't realize that. They're down to 4,000 after taxes. Yeah. Okay, after that, 6,000 on music, 4,000 on attorneys and startup fees, 2,000 on poster art. They they had to buy iPads to show at PAX East and sell their game for the PAX, and then they spent 3,000 on PAX East. Yeah, it isn't like they had... 4000 left just for the game because they spent 6000 on the music. <laughs> and and because they couldn't spend all the money in 2011, they had to pay Uncle Sam. And yeah. now they're left with 4000 remaining for, and the rest for uh, development. And that's what's left over for development. 10000 for prize fulfillment. They they wait they that was stupid. The they, way they handled their prizes. Yeah. The problem is is that people are quickly learning on the Kickstarter that um you need to be realistic about well you should have your prices already guaranteed for anything you're offering so you know your budget <laughs> look how much uh, double but fine the shipping end up just on their hard copies yeah you the should shipping know is you can figure out to... shipping ahead of time though mm, shipping is the one thing that everybody underestimates well you go to the post office with your physical rewards which you should have done before the kickstarter no because you don't know how many you're going to have done you should have samples for anything that you're going to give it a Kickstarter. Mm. This needs to be this needs to be exact science. You're screwing with your funding for the I don't game. Think anyone's, I don't think even Double Fine is doing that. Where Double I think they're like, let's see like, how much money we get. Do they like, oh. have physical rewards? Yes. Yeah, oh, a lot know. of them. All right. I think even fancier than a couple of t-shirts and a yeah. poster. They have like a full-on gigantic art books. They'll probably copies, be okay. Statues. They got a little more than they anticipated. Well, first of all, they have experience <clears throat> with doing physical good production. And they so probably small have better... Guys I think they probably have better contacts for coming up with a budget than other guys. They also have um, like a million dollars over budget. So I, the funny thing is I bet, I bet you like a, a good like a couple hundred thousand is going to go just in the price. I, I don't doubt that. I think you're right. Yeah. Quarter million? Yeah. Hmm. Well, I like the the guys that I was supporting for um, FTL who asked for ten grand and probably oh, wow. got two hundred. Two, oh, wow. who, asked, sorry, they asked for ten grand and got two hundred thousand. Guys, so the stickers and buttons apparently they're switch, doing the switcheroo and giving people a digital reward instead of the stickers and buttons to cut down a lot of the shipping costs for that Star Control, Star Command, whatever that was. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's a canine reward. No more stickers and buttons. Now you can get an exclusive in-game playable crew canine for friendship. And like, if you feel slighted by this, email us and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Get you some stickers. Which sounds smart to me. Who cares about stickers? <laughs> some people do. It's, did you donate point, to Star said, Command for a sticker? <laughs> no, but I, I understand where they're coming from. They're like, yeah. you know what? We killed ourselves last time. We can either do something really special for the people who supported them, or we can find a guy to make buttons for us and stickers and then send them out and waste the last 4000 we have. Because the people the donated to get a good game. So really they're cheating themselves if they want hold out for the stickers and buttons. Yeah, especially <laughs> if you're going to get a dog that nobody else gets that, yeah. follow, that poops on the ship. Oh, yeah, because that's what I want in a game. I kinda, to be I kinda, poopy scoopy. No, no, as long as I don't have to clean up after him like the Sims, I'm I'm cool with that. All right. <sighs> and defecate all over your ship. That's actually what it says. There, you do battle, need, entertain, like, and defecate. <laughs> it sounds like we need a Kickstarter minute. Like, the way these things are going is a new yeah. Kickstarter, and we have to give updates hey. like, at the end of every podcast to Kickstarter minute. Speaking of minutes, was there an MMO minute for today, Anna? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, Next then we should, we should probably end the show then. Yeah. All right. We've been gone long enough. Thank you, everybody, for watching today. If you'd like to don't uh, to donate, oh my god, donate like to the RPG game. <laughs> Kickstarter real soon. If you'd like to contribute to the show, podcast at rpgamer.com is the email address. Board.rpgamer.com is the message boards, and six zero eight seven two nine four zero nine eight is the phone number. Um, we, we got a voicemail today, but we ran out of time. Um, and I think that's it. Anything cool coming out next week that people should be excited for? Let's, uh, uh, the Witcher 2 came out this week. Well, The Witcher 2 came out, and upcoming is Risen 2 next Friday. No, apparently. that was delayed. Oh, it was that delayed? Was been oh, it's not delayed. In our, okay. So, never mind. Diablo 3 is the next game, then, on our list. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And it Game of Thrones. Hmm. I'm still on the fence whether I'm going to... GameStop, I talked to about uh, about Xenoblade, was really excited about Game of Thrones. Mm, okay. But I, if you look at the company's track record, you're gonna, we're really going to have to wait and see. You're still on the fence about what, Anna? The Game of Thrones game. Oh, yeah. I think everybody is. Because, yeah, exactly. It's Atlas, which I think is awesome and no, love. It, but... but Remember, Atlas published that uh, the Templar game, which was... Yeah. Oh, Curse of the Crusader or whatever? Yeah. Atlas did Operation Darkness. It's not like they're automatic win all the time. No. I liked Operation Darkness. Oh, good. It That's one person. So you're the Nazis. only one who did. I'm glad. Did you actually play it, Anna? Yeah. Did I finish More it? More than just add Atlas? Did you finish it? Oh, yes. I Did I finish it? No. Did I play it? No. Yes. Why didn't you finish and it? And it was Anna? a good game. I, I don't finish all my good games. Um... It's tr- the I don't, but I'm I'm an exception. Well, you don't finish anything, so we're good with that. <laughs> so we are we going to end or what? Yep, we're wrapping up now. Thanks everybody for joining us. Next week we'll find out why Anna likes Operation Darkness. Until then, thanks for joining us. Yeah. And if you're in the chat room, give us some title suggestions. We're going to wrap up, and we'll see you next week. Bye everybody. Bye now. Bye. Bye. Bye.